this deer. Anyway, okay. Show. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Bring your drink over here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Bring your bottle. <laughs> Hold on. Aha. Ready? Wait. Cheers. No, the bottle. Okay. Cheers. <gasps> oh, drink. Good start. Ah. Uh, uh. I should not have done that. To the beer. <laughs> Shattered. And everybody's mind. like, is he still gay? No, I'm by <laughs> now. It's just beer. Um, it's a choice. B-I-E-R. <laughs> by ear. Um, first of all. It's the German spelling of beer. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't but know. But it's a French beer. The joke. All right. Dylan, what episode is this? Episode. Is it 23? Is it 23? It's 23 if you're going. Yeah. 23. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It can't be. Mm-hmm. It's 24. Jacuz. It's 24. It's. It is 24. Mm-hmm. Your co host, 24. Cut 20, all that out. Please. 24 and me. <laughs> yes. 24 and me. <laughs> I don't know about your, but I'm feeling. Never mind. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> hi. Welcome to Booze and Broadway. This is Nathan. Uh, I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to get things wrong. Like, comment, subscribe, donate to me, or else. No. <laughs> Give me your money. Um, how y'all doing? Me too. Um, okay, I have a new co-host. I have a new co-host. Um, please slate. Do you know what slating is? The, the... Karina does that and it's wrong. Okay, what's a slate? Yeah, no, you just like, hi, my name is, and I'm co-host. Hi, my name is what? My name... Hi, I'm Will. Not Slicka. I'm not gonna... Anyway, my name's Will. And what co-host are you? 24? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm 24. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm 27. Okay. 24 plus 3. B. I count. <laughs> I'm 23. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I'm just It's a vine and it's like, oh, 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 oh. I remember what it is. It's a vine. And it's like, <clears throat> excuse me. This guy comes in with a, like a cake for him and his boyfriend's first one year anniversary. And he's like, happy one year, babe. And he's like, babe. I'm 27. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. Anyway. 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 Would you like to introduce what show we're doing? So we're doing Hunchback of Notre Dame today, which is one of my all-time favorite musicals. And my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> which character? The Bell. The titular. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say the titular or the Bell. Bell 47. <gasps> I'm not even one of the main bells. <laughs> You're somewhere in the back. Ensemble bell. Yeah, ensemble. I'm ensemble bell number. Wait. Ensemble. Hmm. Get ready for two hours of this shit, folks. <laughs> Dylan, I'm so sorry. You have to edit this. It's okay, Dylan. <laughs> okay. So, here we go. All right. It was based off of a book. It was based off a book. By Victor, Victor Hugo. Hugo. That's right. You're an English major. I am. Well, Why don't you talk about Once the book? Once upon a time, I was. So I've not read Victor Hugo's Hunchback of Notre Dame or whatever the French title is, but I did look at Wikipedia. And let me tell you, Victor Hugo loves to hear himself right. Does he? I, I have read Les Mis, and basically Les Mis was a love letter to Napoleon. Hunchback is a love letter to the architecture of Hunchback. It is He does not give a shit, one flying fuck about any of the characters in the book that he read, he wrote himself. Sure. He only cares about 
the architecture that was in danger at the time that he was writing, which was like 1830s, 18, 1831. 1831. Okay, cool. So at the time, the cathedral was in danger of being destroyed, being removed from the you know the site of in Paris. So he wanted to write something that would be, you know, commanding to the French audience that he was writing to, for in order for them to look at the Gothic architecture and say, oh my God, that is so beautiful. I'm so glad that Vicky Hugo wrote something about, you know, oh Vicky my God, Hugh. Vicky Hugh wrote all about the, the beautiful bells of Notre Dame. And thank God we have this wonderful book to, to commemorate this, this beautiful piece of architecture. And that's why he wrote it. And he, it's also thought that he based the character of Quasimodo on an actual hunchback in the uh, the cathedral that was working on the restoration process. And that's a neat little fun fact for you that I read on Wikipedia that I didn't actually experience myself. Because, oh, oh, Mama, yeah. if you don't know the show, it's all from Wikipedia. <laughs> it's all from Wikipedia or a bootleg. But yeah, uh, we can talk more about like specific story beats that are different from... Like the musical versus the the book rendition, but that's that's also not super important. There are like a couple changes that I really really like that the musical did overall. Yeah, but, uh, because again, to return to the fact that Hugo did not give a shit about the characters, it was all about the architecture, baby. He would just go on rants, pages and chapters long about what about this column? <laughs> Look at this Ionic arch. You fuckers seen a Corinthian arch before? Get that shit out of here! <laughs> I don't want to see it. Is like Corinthians one. <laughs> I know. First Corinthians. I just saw a tweet recently that talked about Ionic and... I actually saw... You saw that tweet too? Yes. You're also on Twitter? Yes. <laughs> Follow are us you, on Twitter. Are you, are you tweeting? <laughs> Booze and Broadway. Um, okay, so... Yes, it was a book. And then it was a 1996 Disney movie, which is how everybody knows it. It's true. It's Nobody reads books. We don't, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a movie. Yes. Based off of a book. People consider it just to be a movie now. (laughs) Well, okay, it was... Okay, so the the musical... Yes. ...originated in Berlin Mm -hmm. in 1999, which is three three years... years, after, yeah. Yes, because Disney was making this big push to do, like, Disney theatrics, and they had had success with Beauty and the Beast, and... They were already doing Lion King. I was going to ask, was Lion King already, like, on the stage? Lion King was already thing, a thing, uh-huh. and it was, like, super popular. Yeah. And so they were trying to make sure that, like, they were capitalizing off the popularity of the movies. And so they were, like, three years. So we got three years after the movie comes out to, like, get the shit on Broadway and, like, yeah. you know, make the money off of it. And this fucking show lends itself to a Broadway stage so fucking well, Absolutely. which I will scream about in about mm, 11 minutes. <laughs> so it was the first, it was, okay. It was the first Disney musical produced outside the United States. Mm. And it was more so based on the book and featured the songs from the movie. Here it wasn't very popular because it was so heavily based on the book. Are you talking about here or? In Berlin. Yeah. Okay. Yes, but yes, it ran for three years, well, sure. and it is popular one of Berlin's longest-running musicals. Are you serious? Yeah. Why Berlin, though? Germany. Like, I understand, but like, why not? <laughs> I don't know how that was an answer. Germany, yeah. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Notre Dame's in Germany now. Fuck <laughs> off. I mean, it's just a hop and a the skip re- away from France. The restoration project was actually. <laughs> 
successful I am so mad they sold all the tickets right that's why as far as I know (laughs) I I just simply ran out I don't understand how this didn't go to Broadway because this was off Broadway yes oh and I would like to amend something that I said in uh the Q&A episode with Kyle a Broadway theater is considered it's considered Broadway if it has over 500 seats and it is, it's on, it's on, it has to be on a certain street. It's like between so-and-so and so-and-so. So I got the number wrong in the last episode and I'll have to correct my street names in another episode. 
No Broadway. It did not move to Broadway. And it upsets me greatly to this day why this show didn't go to Broadway. <laughs> it had everything working for it. It had a great-ass set, an amazing cast. I just don't understand. And they're just like, no. And it wasn't anything. They were just like, no, thank you. Hmm. Okay. Makes you wonder. It does. Okay, so the music is by Alan Minken. Uh, with lyrics by Stephen Schwartz. Both of them are uh, more famous than I can ever fathom to be. Godsons to the musical theater. And Alan Minkin's hands are more, are worth more than my entire at, family. At all costs, yes. He's so good. We will talk about the motivic development of this momentarily. Yes. The book is, the American book is written, is written by Peter Parnell. Good for him. Good for him. Good for this family. Let's talk about some themes in the show. Let's talk about the themes. The main theme is how do we behave when we come into contact with people who are not like us? Mm -hmm. A.K.A. Hunchbacks that live in bell towers. Specifically Hunchbacks, but only Hunchbacks because that's the name of the title. Hunchbacks? I'm going to go ahead and do this, this disclaimer early. Yes, the G word. Yes. I do not agree with the use of this word, but it is the word that is in the show, and if we were performing the show, it is the word that they would use, so I'm just going to use it, and hopefully we can all forgive this. We're very sorry about it. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Hunchbacks, gypsies, people who are religious. Yes. People who think differently than us, mm -hmm. or live differently than us. That's a that's a major theme yes, of the show. Absolutely. Another theme is basically like people getting what they deserve, like because of the phrase like the wicked shall not go unpunished mm -hmm. is repeated a lot in the show. Sure. So it's I don't know. There's a lot of religious overtones in the show, obviously. For yeah, for a good reason. <laughs> it's in Which a church. We will talk about like a specific cadence. That makes it sound so churchy and so like not not gospely in the sense of Hercules, but churchy in the sense of like we are listening to hymns and oh anyway go on. Is it the Kyrie liaison? There's that, but okay, I'll just go ahead and yeah, go for it. it. So it's it's called a plagal cadence, and a plagal cadence is when you resolve from the suspension of the four to the major triad. Of oh y'all, we learned in something uh, this week. So like uh, you've got um, you know how like. A lot of songs and church music will end with, uh, um, I wish I had the, there's a keyboard in like the room next to us, but um, I'll play it for you later. But it, that's basically it, is it just resolves a half step down to the, 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 th oh, yeah. the third of the, of the piece. And that's how a lot of the songs end. And so it's very hymny, I guess. You can hum the hymn all day long. I don't know. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> I believe you. Yeah. I, you could but tell me anything about music theory right now, and I'd believe you. It's called a plagal cadence, P-L-A-G-L, P-L-A-G-A-L. And you can look it up for yourself and learn more about music theory today on openmusictheory.net. We're not sponsored by them, but maybe someday we can. Please. <laughs> okay, so, fun fact, the cast album came out, and everybody had been wanting this show to happen for, like, uh, a thousand years. Approximately. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and everybody was really, really excited that we had a cast album coming out. 
And they're like, yay, cast album. The cast <laughs> album came out. You're welcome. And it premiered at number one. I nearly spat that out. <clears throat> and it ended Hamilton's 17-week run good at for, number one. Good for them. Good. Hamilton needed to be toppled. <laughs> they had every right. <laughs> <laughs> he had it coming. That's another one. Sorry. I almost did that one. Okay. Let's talk about the cast. Let's talk about them. <sighs> Hades. Quasimodo. Sorry. We'll get there. Qua- let's talk about the titular character. The titular group. character, sure. Quasimodo. Yes. The hunchback. The eponymous hunchback. The who now? Another word for titular. hip hop and The Yes. <laughs> eponymous. Hip hop. Okay, you anyway. Whatever you said. <laughs> He's played by Michael Arden. Yes. You know him. He's every tenor solo audition. Run yes. away with me. Let me yes. be your yeah. Okay. He directed the revival of Once on this Island. Wow. I didn't know that. And he also directed the Death West revival of Spring Awakening. Oh, my God. Yeah. Michael Arden's doing stuff. He has really good ideas. Good for him. Good for her. Um, <laughs> so he... It's in the book. It's written... In the show, but I think he kind of pushed for it. The choice to like speak the way he does, yeah, was him like being like, Hey, if he's gonna be half deaf from ringing the bells, like I want to honor that, like he wouldn't speak in a normal speech pattern. Mm -hmm. So, like, let's play with that. Um, I don't think there are some people who don't do that, and there are some people who do because. I think it's cool because, like, it lends, like, out there and heaven's light into a really cool, like, well, opposition those... of, like, this is what he's thinking and this is how yes. he, like, truly sounds. Yeah. I think thematically it's brilliant. Yeah. Like, I totally understand why people wouldn't want to broach that subject just to be sensitive to people who do actually have, like, hearing loss. Mm-hmm. But thematically, I, I think it's it's so beautiful for him to to go back to the idea of like how you perceive others that's how he perceives himself in those true moments to himself yeah that's how he hears and yeah. and it's a beautiful voice and it's just it, it rings so clearly it, it's so i don't know it's he's very so moving. good it's <laughs> esmeralda is played by sierra renee you know her she was esmeralda and she also was the final elsa in frozen Hmm. On Broadway. That sounds threatening. She got to play that role for two months before the quarantine happened. <laughs> and then they announced that they weren't coming back. Hmm. I guess you could say the show was put on ice. Okay. You thought I was going to say Frozen. But... I did, but that also means something different yes. in theater. So. Mm. I see I subverted expectations. I'm Ryan Johnson over here. Who's Ryan Johnson? The director of Last Jedi. Speaking of Last Jedi, Last Elsa. Anyway, we're back to it. <laughs> Venus, <laughs> Andrew Samansky. Yay! Good. Clopin. Clopin. I love him. You just pulled one today. What did I do? A Clopin. Oh, yes, I clo- I opened and closed today. Ah, you pulled an Oclo. An Oclo. I'm okay. having a strong... It's like a mega mind. Call the Bondulans. <laughs> Olo. No, sir, it's hello. <laughs> Olo. I love that movie. Me too. I love you, random citizen. <laughs> and I love you, random listener. Um, That's nice. <laughs> Jenny, like, what if I just got, like, somebody's name right? Something for everyone, Kenny. 
<laughs> okay. His name is Eric Lieberman. Oh, he's like famous. He's like Broadway famous. Clopin? Yes. Clopin? Okay. He was in War Paint with okay. um, Patty LaPont. Patty LaBelle. Patty LaPont. This is Patty LaPont. I'm hey, sorry. You would Patty be LaBelle. able to tell me either one. And I'd be like, yeah, that one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the big one. The one y'all know I care about. Frollo. Frollo. <laughs> Patrick Page. He was the Green Goblin in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. <laughs> Ugh, why do you wait until I take a sip? <laughs> he was also a Lumiere. He also played Scar. That's, yes, I love that. What a good casting. He's also Hades in Hades Town. The, hmm, My favorite show. I don't know if I've listened to that one before. It's uh, so good. I'm, I'm kidding. And I finally got to talk about it organically in an episode organically that's foreshadowing for episode 100 that's right i'm so excited who's Gion? oh his brother who's Gion? oh jayon jayon who's Gion? jihan jayon uh jeremy stoll jeremy stoll one he's in yeah he's, he's in one song this entire musical he, he was yeah he did a great job. Good, good for him. Okay, also featuring a whole ass choir of just people who sit there and sing the background. And they pitched it with like just like the five main people and then like a small ensemble. And they're like, I'm so sorry. We need a choir. We need like a choir of yeah. people or this will not work. And they're like, okay, you'll just have to pay them to sit there and stand. And they're like, Bet. Yeah, fine. <laughs> fine. Yeah. Out watch me. More than what they're paid weekly on Sundays. A uh, fun music programs released for the love of God. Um, <laughs> okay, so those of you who know Disney know the Voices of Liberty. Um, you need to look at their videos. You really like them. They're an acapella equity group at Disney. Okay. They sing like Americana music and stuff. There was a production down in Florida at a region excuse me, at a regional theater. And, like, pretty much every Voices of Liberty Equity cast member was, like, in the choir. Mm. Excuse me. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, that beer is burpy. <laughs> um, oh, it was the Fifth Avenue Theater production. So, I specifically wanted to point this out. It was down in Florida. The Voices of Liberty were in the ensemble. Okay, Joshua Castile. Look him up online. He's so good. He is hearing impaired. Um, so what they did, he played Quasimodo, but they had a gargoyle, a gargoyle, quote unquote, follow him around and like be his singing voice. Hmm. So it was so neat, but he was like signing while he sang. That is such a cool staging. It was so, that's what the Deaf West production of Spring Awakening did. I love that. Like they had people sing for the hearing impaired actors while they signed. I really, really like that. It was so neat. It's so cool. There is a video of uh, Joshua Castile singing out there, and it's so good. It's so good. I have to see that. It's absolutely so good. Uh, EJ Cardona, he's a Voices of Liberty cast member. He sings tenor. He hits notes I could never imagine hitting. Uh, he's Joshua Castile's singing voice in the show. Extremely good. Hmm. Okay. Let's get into it. Also, you should believe in yourself. You can hit those notes. You're just not trying hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> <Blood>. <laughs> Who would you be in this show? Who would I be? Yes. 
Um, Who would you want to be if it didn't matter? If it, fuck. Um, <laughs> Bell forty seven. Bell forty seven. Nice callback. Um, <laughs> something I would something never I would never get. Yes, damn it. Uh, <laughs> damn it, you got there. Uh, don't. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know. I whenever I sing this, whenever I'm listening to it, I sing I really, for the most part, don't you? I do. I I mean, honestly, he has such a good part in the yeah, show. He does. Like I I love to be the baritone and and a lot of different because um, it's just so dramatic and. Mm-hmm. And he's got such a compelling character arc. Uh, yes. So Frollo. Frollo. So okay. Frollo. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Also, Michael Arden <laughs> hits notes that I can't hit, so... Believe in your son. Alone! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a high note. Michael Arden's a bitch. He's not. I'm just very jealous of him. <laughs> um, Cute. What about you? I don't know. I want to be everybody in this show. It's just such a good show. You can put me anywhere in this show and I'd be happy. Not serious. No, but seriously, though. I mean, like, even Phoebus. I, I would have a lot of fun with Phoebus. Clopin would be fun. Frollo would be fun once I were older. Quasimodo would be awesome. Who doesn't want to be Esmeralda? <laughs> you already are Esmeralda. She so. has the best song in the whole show. <laughs> Into Notre Dame. No. Into Notre Dame. She has like one line in that song. Uh, awesome. um, uh, okay, cool. Dylan, 27 minutes. Or what? Uh, Just you two bantering? Okay, this is a professional podcast that I get paid to do. Thank you. Um, <laughs> secondly, that's uh, before we start the stumble through. So if you wanted ads. Are you drunk or... enough for the stumble through? Not really. But we'll get there. I would like wine. I don't think I should mix a shot and a beer. Oh. What else is like a Jaeger? A Jaeger is essentially a shot and a beer. Would you like a glass and some wine? Yes, I would. We're back. We're back. We got a different drink. I did not like what I was drinking. I was drinking a beer um, that I found in Epcot. It's a Cronenberg 1664 Blanc. Um, But we changed over to a wine... Um, because I'm a classy lady, and also, uh, the beer was gross and made me burpy, and also because it fits thematically in our show. That's right. The blood of Christ, the bread of heaven. No, okay. the blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. That's what Episcopalians say. You saying. could say either one. This is the whole music theory thing again. Is it? Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm um, saying anything, yeah. Anyway, we're Dylan, we're gonna, I don't. Leave it all in. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. I do want to warn everybody um, that I'm in your house. No. <laughs> Don't look behind you. <laughs> Turn around. Made you look. Turn around. Ow. I clinked my tooth. <laughs> I don't like this wine. It's fine. It's Here, fine. Try this yeah. one next time. Okay. Huh. <laughs> that was gross. Okay. So, a warning. Sorry, Dylan. <laughs> a warning. It went, he didn't buy it for me. He, oh, just, okay. he didn't even open it. All right. It's like he keeps giving you these drinks. I, I just can't wait to watch you try the 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 cab. Cabernet. Is it dry? This? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You're shit out of luck, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there is going to be seriously. Though. Yes. Shut up. 
Go on. Don't touch me. Um, <laughs> anyway, I would like to warn everybody. We're about to do the stumble through. And before I do this, in Act 2, there is... I, this is just a sexual trigger warning because Phoebus assaults Esmeralda. And if you are not okay with that, like, maybe skip this episode. And, like, we're not going to hold that against you. And it'll be okay. Okay. So, what theater is this in? Oh, we're in the La Jolla Theater. This is the this is the bootleg that I watched. This is bootleg. Okay. So, we're in the stumble through. Are you ready for this one? I am. It's going to be great. Okay. I'm going to now sing the entirety of Hunchback at you. I can't wait. I will also join in. It's great. It's great. Okay. So, we're in a theater. We're in the mat. We're in the mezzanine. I like a good mezzanine seat. I do too. I don't like sitting close. No. Because then I have to look up. And then in the mezzanine, you're able to see everything. You know, you can see like what's happening stage left and right. You That's where see. I sat when I saw Patrick Page in Hadestown. It was beautiful. It's very exciting. Anyway. Go on. And a mezzanine yes. of the La Jolla Theater. Mm-hmm. Lights out. Mm. Lights out. No? Well, Maybe. There was a person in front of the camera in this bootleg, so I'm just assuming it was lights down. My emotions right now in this. They seeing a little overture. Oleum. Yes. <gasps> was it mean? It means you ready for this? Yes. So this is. The, I asked. This is the. Be- <laughs> this is the beginning of the genius of Mencken's motivic development. Oleum means someday. <gasps> I know. So this entire overture and, and this intro. Is holy moliums on an and that's that's the same uh, as the someday motif. So this is like someday is the main theme of like the entire musical. Like musically, it keeps returning to someday. Uh-huh. It'll go over and over and over into what I think. So to to go back to what you were talking about earlier with the themes of like. Who are we? Like, what's our identity? Are we able to look past the biases and prejudices that we have against people who are not like ourselves? Mm-hmm. Someday, we'll be able to. We'll be able to look past that. And so that's why it keeps returning to that musical idea. And I think that's so fucking beautiful. I love that. It Alan gives Lincoln. me chills. So I, <laughs> he is a genius. He And he will never die. He will never die. He is immortal. He will be immortal. <laughs> he will be immortalized through his work. Through the work that he has created, correct. But I also wish that he would continue to create music because he is a god at it. So, speaking of god... God. <laughs> god. There is a choir. A full-ass 48-person... It's that big? I made it that close with Bell 47. <laughs> no. no, I don't know how big the choir oh my god. is. You're all relaxed. You're in church. Banana! Vocal damage. (laughs) Yeah. Just jarring music. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because... Because it it becomes discordant at the end of Olim. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, it just kind of... It goes up by half steps until it reaches that... Like, oh, it's so good. Oh, oh, okay. So, Frollo walks out. Yes. And he says, hey, welcome to church. What's up? We're in church. Turn off your cell phones. Yes. (laughs) 
Um, today is the Feast of Fools. Yes. The gypsies are allowed to roam free, free of persecution, and mm-hmm. we cannot arrest them for this one day out of the year. Do you know why that is? No. So the Day of Fools is, and Clopin mentions it, it's January 6th. So have you heard of the Shakespeare play Twelfth Night? Yes. So Twelfth Night is the twelfth day after Christmas. You know, have you had the twelve days leading up to Christmas? Twelfth Night is the twelfth day after Christmas, which happens to be January 6th. Oh. And that is the topsy-turvy element that allows people to go out and... What's the movie where, you know, there's no rules, you can... Fucking the purge. The purge. It's the purge, but like it's the Disney version of the purge. It's the Disney version of the purge. (laughs) Fools are kings, kings are fools, and everybody has a good time. Anyway, that's why it's January sixth. And Feast of Fools. I got my five dollars back from that person who owed me five dollars. There you go. Um (laughs) so he's like, Hey, we can't arrest them, but beware of temptation because we are what? All born sinners. That's right. Backstory. Jason Bourne. Sorry. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> two, two brothers. It's just called two brothers. <laughs> two, two sisters. Uh, two brothers were up here yes. in France. Here we are. In France. Yes. At Notre Dame. Right. And they were taken in. They were. It's Jayon uh-huh. and George Claudio... Frodo. George Claudio Frollo. Je- es- Esquire. He's not, like, <laughs> he's not a judge yet. He's not a judge at all. He's not a judge in this one. <gasps> they made him a judge in this one. Y'all, history. let's talk about, we'll talk about this at the end yes. of this song, okay, if we okay. can ever get yeah, to yeah. the end of it. So, Frollo, Claude, he's Claude. We're going to call him Frollo. I'm not going to do this the whole show. Yeah. He's Frollo, and y'all know who I'm talking he's about. He's Froyo. Yes. We're in the La Joya Theater. He's Froyo. He's, shh, yes. <laughs> He's the older brother who he cared is. for his little brother. That's correct. Young Jayon, full of beauty and charm. Yeah. And they lived and they grew and awoke to the music of bells, the bells That's of Notre Dame. Okay. So, Frollo is like, yay church, this is super cool. Mm-hmm. Jayon's like, this is cool and it's really nice that they helped us. Yeah. But, but also, I have a life to live. Drinking and sex. That's pretty cool. Sex is cool, but have you ever... I don't know. You know those jokes? I have one. It's just not appropriate. Okay. Even for this podcast. Even for this not... podcast. So, okay, so... Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's what Jayon's about. He's basically Rock of Ages, so he's just in the wrong <laughs> He's <show>. right. <laughs> so, they're just like, okay, we're kind of going to do our own things, but we love each other because we're brothers. Right. Okay, so Jayon went and partied. Mm-hmm. Frollo was like, yeah, I'm going to stay at the church. And he kind of like shot up through the ranks of the church and became the archdeacon. Yeah, Frollo, not like his profligate brother, Jayon. Did you know how many words this musical taught me? Like, I love that word, profligate. Three. At least. <laughs> we'll go through them. So <laughs> Profligate's number one. So Jayon comes back. He has a, a female... Sex worker. Escort. Yes. Sure. Sex worker. <laughs> yes, sex um, worker. We support those. Who, he's like, hey, I brought this woman for you to, like, have a good time. You're always so stressed. You're always, like, doing church stuff. Yeah. And he's like, I, no, we can't Thanks. do this. Yeah. We can't do this. Well, then one of the higher-ups is coming, and he's like, you have to hide her. I'm going to help you hide her, but, like, you got to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. So the person in charge comes in, and he's like, Frollo, what's going on? And he's like, oh. Uh, 
yeah, there's a woman <laughs> over there. And he's like, Jayon's like, why did you tell on me? We could have just, like, gotten her out. Yeah. And so the guy in charge is like, yeah, like, you got to go. Mm-hmm. You got to, like, get out. Okay. But what about the laws of sanctuary? They get into this, but it's not like in the movie. Mm. And she wasn't. She also wasn't claiming sanctuary. Classic mistake. Yeah, you got to claim it. You got to claim it. That's why I yell sanctuary whenever I walk into Walmart, Walgreens. <laughs> Frollo gets a promotion, gets a new robe, gets a new bedroom. It, he's got it all. Multiple layers to the robe at this point. What's under your robes? More robes. More robes. <laughs> Seriously. That's his whole personality. So, so one night, he gets a letter. And the letter says... <laughs> yes. So, wait, what's he saying? And concealing his face, Rollo stole to a place far away, away, away from, from Notre Dame. Dame. That's right. Da, na, 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 na. So, Jayon's sick. He is. He is sick. Been having too much of that sex. And tired of being sick and tired. Sick and tired. How many times has my dad told me to? (laughs) (laughs) And so he is like, hey, I'm dying. Yes. And Frollo's like, it's okay. I can take you back to Notre Dame. I'm in charge now. We can get you all the help you need. It's okay. We can be brothers and we can be a family again. And Jayon's like, you don't get it. I've got like 30 seconds left and I've got like a whole <laughs> list of things to tell you. <laughs> the, the time is ticking, my friend. So Say less. <laughs> say less. Um, so he goes, listen, it's too late for me, but if you really want to like discover charity, there's someone you can help. Mm-hmm. And he pulls out a fake baby wrapped in a blanket because this is a stage. The baby from American Sniper? <laughs> <laughs> It's another fake baby. Oh, okay. Go on. So, and he goes, okay, this is what I have a problem with. Okay? Okay. 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 Yes. He goes, take this baby. And Frollo goes, please. <laughs> For all my Disney friends, please. So, he he hands him a baby. And Frollo grabs the baby and goes, a baby? And he goes, and he spikes it on the ground. <laughs> He goes, a baby? And he 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 moves part of the thing, the blanket. Yeah. And he goes, a monster. A monster. First of all, rude. Yeah. First of all. He's not cheese. Monster. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody out there? He's just you don't say that. He's like You don't. He's he's very judgmental. Like a ju- Well, he's not a judge in this one. Mm. Okay. So he takes the baby. Okay. It's very he, archdeaconly. Of and he's, he's going back, and, and that's when they're like, and he goes, and he's going to throw the baby down a well because that's the next logical explanation <laughs> of having a not-so-nice-looking baby. Sure. 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 <laughs> and so... We've all been there. He's going to throw the baby, and... Hold on. What happens? He's going to throw the baby. Oh, he oh. feels those eyes. And everybody goes, okay. And so, okay. Sh- and he goes, okay. Yes. He goes, and the saints regarded Frollo from their, basically. Their stone facades, yeah. All the all the saints of Notre Dame. Yeah. He feels like he, they're judging him. Sure. And he's like, you know what? I won't, in cold blood, murder this baby. It's my cross to bear. Well, what a martyr he is. Right. Thank goodness that we have he, Frollo. He is so selfless. 
And he goes, good for him. Hey, oh, this child is my cross to bear. You yeah. weren't joking. Um, no, seriously. I've memorized this. <laughs> wow. Okay, so he goes, I will keep in care for him and I will teach him what? At my leave. Yes. To think, to think like, like me. me. <gasps> so so there, there, there are two things there. At my leave, one... Whenever he wants to. Yes. The convenience of just, I'm going to take care of this kid whenever it behooves me, whenever it's, it's going to benefit me. And then to think like me is also like majorly thematic to this play. And it's also very dangerous. Oh, yeah. To anybody. And I'm just well, saying, like, first of all, move out of your hometown. Secondly, like, you shouldn't want people to think exactly like you. You should want some opposition in your life. I think that this show is so progressive in that way, too, to challenge people to consider alternate perspectives from, and, and like, this is an anti-religion in any way, but like, to to think like me, that's kind of like the, the yes. shepherd leading the flock in well, that sense. And that's also another reason that they changed the ending to not have a happy ending, to have a sad ending. It's like, we want people to think like, oh, could this have been avoided? Sure. Yeah. I, I think that that's really important. Okay. So, okay. So, Frollo gave the child a name. Yes. A, cool a name, name that means half form. Yes. Quasimodo. Quasimodo. Okay. Do you know why that he he's actually called Quasimodo? No, please tell us. So he found him. Okay, so the the change in the baby, first off, is that it is not Jeanne's. I and I love this change. I love that it there is a familial connection yes. between Quasimodo and Frodo. We're talking about the movie or versus the book. Right, the, right, the, right. the play versus the book. Or the musical oh, versus the book. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So so I love that the musical makes there to be a familial connection between Quasimodo and Frollo. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it creates He's his uncle. conflict. Yes. Yeah. And classic evil uncle shenanigans yeah. going on. But in the book, it is there is a swapped baby trope, which 19th century, you love your swapped baby tropes. Shakespeare did it too. Um <laughs> He was 17th, 16th. Anyway, the baby was swapped, and fr- and the church, Frollo, I can't quite remember who it was, found him on what the church, the Catholic church, had already deemed Quasimodo Sunday, because it was in between Easter and whatever other religious holiday there was. So, like a hump day? So... <laughs> I'm so proud of you right now and yes. so upset myself for not thinking of that first. That's incredible. A hump day. They found him on Quasimodo Sunday. It doesn't work because it wasn't a Wednesday, but Quasimodo Sunday. But so was they, it halfway between? They, shh, maybe. So they just, they named him after the day. It's like naming your fucking kid Saturday. I don't know. But like, Saturday. But it wasn't, it wasn't explicitly because he had a hunched back. It was because the gypsies had left him there and swapped the real baby out with the mother. And you know who that baby was? <laughs> Close. <laughs> Esmeralda. <gasps> Wig! Yes. Esmeralda and Quasi were swapped at birth. So the Quasi was left to the church and Esmeralda was uh, raised by gypsies instead. And the... Uh, yeah, the the mother the mother who so okay the mother was not part of the gypsies of of Esmeralda she was like some tangential connection to the church I don't remember her exact title but 
she gave Quasimodo away to the church because she was like, ugly baby. And, wow. Well, <laughs> and she was upset at the gypsies because she had assumed that they had stolen her daughter, which was true. She shows up 16 years later. And um, where was I going? I don't know, but they were anyway, swapped at birth. They were swapped at birth. And so the fact that Quasimodo and Esmeralda were already from like their birth entwined by destiny. Yes. That for that to come back up later is very significant. But anyway, the fact that he names the baby Quasimodo is also a play on the Latin semi-modo formed, so half-formed. Y'all learning shit today. Not from me, but from Will. Um, it, it works on multiple levels. There's also, so many layers. Let's talk about... It goes all the way to the top! <laughs> uh, let's talk about the movie for a second. Sure. So, in the movie, it's just a, a band of gypsies that have Quasimodo... Judge Frollo finds them, chases yes. them around. She's full on, full ass panicking, mm-hmm. running through the streets, being chased by a demon horse. Tell me that horse doesn't that look is, like a demon. That still <laughs> shows up. Also, in this woman outruns a horse. She- okay, I'm just like, I'm just like saying. <laughs> so she makes. She has a mother's love and a mother's adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> she, she has two horsepower. <laughs> so she makes it. The, the pain in this actress's voice when she screams, Sanctuary, please give us sanctuary, yeah. gives me chills every I time. And agree. then he full ass kicks her he in the head. kicks her <laughs> onto and, the steps. And kills her. Instantly. He kills her. She's <laughs> dead. Rolo kills a woman. Immediately. There's no like one last dying breath. It's just dead. That's it. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Anyway, so he names him Quasimodo. All yes. this to say. All this to say. He names him Quasimodo. We were going to get to that character because that's, we'll mention that later. Now. Go on. Here is a riddle to guess if you can. Sing the bells of Notre Dame. What makes a monster and what makes a man? Important. What's a monster? What do we consider a monster? Yes. Is it what we ethically mm-hmm. consider monsters or yes. what we visually see and as a society say we don't like that so that's a monster and i love the change from who to what <gasps> okay is- let's talk about the best theatrical transition yes. i have ever seen okay it's been years since i've seen this but i know exactly what you're talking okay. about Y'all, I have to take my glasses off for this. So, as he goes, now here is a riddle to guess if you can sing the bells of Notre Dame. I'm like doing this for y'all and y'all can't even see it. Michael Arden walks from the back of the stage and he goes, Michael Arden says, what makes a monster? And he's literally wiping black soot on his face. Mm -hmm. And as the choir goes, sing the bells, 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 bells. This is so important. They like make him become Quasimodo. But it's Frollo who helps him put his costume on. Yeah. Frollo is like literally putting the monster onto Quasimodo and saying, Mm -hmm. this is a monster. And this is what we all are agreeing as a group right now as I make it. Mm -hmm. This is a monster. The Bells of Notre Dame. Yes. Period. Period. And that is one song. (laughs) That's one song. Let's move on. Okay. So, baby, Frollo helps, church. Oh, okay. Wait. Oh, this is all one song. Okay. 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 So, we're in Quasimodo's bell tower. Mm -hmm. We're in his sanctuary. Yes. Okay. So, he's talking to 
his statues. And he talks to the bells. He talks to everything around him that is inanimate. Besides the ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but here's what I really like. The ensemble has, like, little bell chimes. Mm -hmm. And as they talk to Quasimodo, like, they talk to him. They're, like, jingling their bells. So it's like the bells are actually talking to Quasimodo. It's so good. It is really good. It's so good. I love Theta so much. Okay, so they talk to him. Where am I right now? We're right here. Okay, Quasimodo is not allowed outside. No. They're like, Quasimodo, it's the Feast of Fools. Go outside. And he's like, nah. Yeah, I'm good. I can't. Yeah. It's okay, though. This coronavirus going on. <gasps> He's quarantining. He's he self-isolating. <laughs> <laughs> so Frollo comes into the room. And he goes, Quasimodo, who are you talking to? And he goes, my friends. And he goes, and what are your friends made out of? And he goes, stone. stone. And he goes, and can stone talk? And he goes, no. Bitch, maybe. Bitch, I might be. Like my status. <laughs> yeah, if these right. don't like talk. my status. <laughs> um, so, okay. Tra- no. <laughs> Can I have that- a little sip of yours? I literally just poured the apothic. Oh, okay. The thing that you well, said, I'm not done yet. That you spat I'm not out. Done. You said, I'm not done. No. Okay. Gross. So, Frollo's like, it's lunchtime. And he's like, oh, cool. Thanks so much. I was hungry. What'd you bring? A lunchable. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Is it the pepperoni pizzas? No, it's the crackers, you fucking piece no, of shit. No, not the crackers. <laughs> you like the nacho ones? Mm. Okay. Well, we won't be having well back on this podcast. So, uh, see you later, everybody. <laughs> so, um, he, okay, he he feeds Quasimodo. Yeah. But I'm not saying he hands him the food. He literally feeds Quasimodo. Yeah. yeah. Quasimodo relies on Frollo to live. Yeah. And that's on what? Stockholm Syndrome. Ah. Because Quasimodo likes him. He doesn't feel trapped. Yeah. And y'all be talking about Belle having Stockholm Syndrome. No, I'll tell you how Stockholm Syndrome, Quasimodo and Rapunzel. I was literally about to say Rapunzel. So the other thing in the book, Quasimodo never feels any ill will towards Frollo. And why should he? He protects Esmeralda at one point when Frollo is sexually assaulting her. Thank you. Thank you. Not, not because he th- like he sees Frollo in the wrong, but because he doesn't recognize Frollo. Oh. Because it's his back is turned. Oh, shit. And he's wearing a hood. Well, yeah, like, it, it literally goes into the whole point of, like, he's always been good to me, and he's yeah. protecting me from people who might hurt me. Yeah. Okay. And, like, he's reified in those beliefs two songs from now. He's like, you're right. I shouldn't have gone. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <gasps> but yes, so Quasimodo relies on Frollo to live. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Frollo talks about, oh, we talk about the flight into Egypt, which we will skim over yeah, I was gonna very say, quickly. That's, a very, that's one of the most forgettable songs in the um, <laughs> playbook. It's the story of St. Epaphrodis. Epaphrodias. Epaphrodias. St. Aphrodisius. <laughs> wow. The Bishop of Nazir. Okay, who protects Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. And uh, Frollo says, just like I do with you. Ah. Which is true. Yes. Everything so far, Frollo has been good on his word. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's not a bad guy yet. Right. He's just... Iffy. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't say he's a good guy. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. So, (laughs) this is really important. Frollo is yelling about 
it being the Feast of Fools. Yes, and he's how, very upset about and it. And how everybody who is usually persecuted will be out and about among the quote-unquote regular folk. Very puritanical about it. But he yells this out into the audience. Oh. He directs all of this to the audience. He's like, they're coming for us. They're coming to, like, ruin our way of life. And while he's talking to Quasimodo, it's directed out into the audience. I love that rhetoric. Oh, me too. The parallels. (laughs) I I just, I watched this bootleg and I was like, there's so much to this, like, it's so good. How did it not go to Broadway? Seriously. Um, A crime. I will, (laughs) I have a badge. Broadway badge. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, so Frollo says, hey, I have to go. And, uh, oh, I have to go. I have to go and make sure that, like, while I can't arrest everybody, I have to make sure that, like... Gotta do Archdeacon shit. Yeah, I I gotta blast. (laughs) I gotta go objectify women. I'll be (laughs) be. (laughs) So Quasimodo goes, can I come with you? And he goes, nah. No? (laughs) And he goes, (laughs) he goes, but I could protect you. I'm very strong. And he, like, picks up a whole ass bench while he's saying this. With scoliosis. Like, mama. That line will be important later. <laughs> yes, I think I wrote it down every time he said it. <laughs> yeah. Because he says it like three times. It, yes. So, um, okay. So he goes, Frollo goes, no, you can't come because the world is cruel. The world is wicked. It's so I alone who you, you can, can trust, trust in this whole city. city. I am your only friend. <gasps> Gaslighting shit right there. Well, welcome to my marriage. So. (laughs) (laughs) Cut the. (laughs) Keep it in. Keep it in. All right. They have to have some trauma. We'll allow it. (laughs) So uh, he goes, remember what I taught you, Quasimodo. You are deformed. I am deformed. You are ugly. And I am ugly. Me. (laughs) No. I'm baby. So, and he goes, and these are crimes for which the world has little pity. (gasps) Oh. You do not comprehend. So he goes, listen, the the world hates you. I'm trying to help you. And if you go outside, you're going to see that I'm actually telling the truth and not so many words. And you know what I hate about that? That he's right. That he's right. He's right. He's full ass, full tilt, boogie original, right. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even keep up with you. (laughs) Um, It's from title of show. (laughs) Okay. So he goes, do as I say, obey, and I'll stay in here. Okay, and he goes, remember Quasimodo, this right here, this church, this room where you're away from everybody Mm -hmm. is your sanctuary. It's your sanctuary. Okay, so fun story before we get into the rest of Out There. Yeah. I had- The major shift. What'd you say? The major shift into Out There. Yes, but that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. In college, Out There was in my book. I never used it for anything, but it was in my book. Because holy shit, that's a high, like... Oh, no, I could... That's that's not the problem. You. Um, I actually you. optioned up at one point, and I'll do oh it in this recording. Uh, so, <laughs> at, uh, my... The EQ. <laughs> my, doesn't laugh for that. My, my, yeah. my senior... Shut up, Dylan. <laughs> so, my senior my senior year, our, mm. our final for our private voice lessons mm. with our, 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 our voice... Yeah, our voice class was you have to present every song that you know, like, the back of your hand. Mm-hmm. You have to put it on a list, and you're going to walk into the auditorium with the the um, entire faculty, 
and you get to pick a song that you want to sing, and then we will pick from the rest of the list what you sing on the fly. Okay. So it was on my list, but I was like, they didn't like that I had worked at Disney, so I was like, they're not going to pick the Disney song, so I just put it on there. Mm -hmm. And so I sang one song, and then I'm standing there, and one of the directors, they're like, oh, you know, it's your turn to pick for the student, whatever. And he goes, "Mm, uh, um, um." and sing out there. And I was like, why the fuck? Mm-hmm. Okay, fine, whatever. Of course, this is the one song I did. Well, because I didn't practice it because I knew, quote unquote, yeah. that they weren't going to pick the Disney songs. I was like, hope I remember all the words. <sighs> okay. And did you? Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. I didn't matter because I was a senior, so uh, it really didn't matter. Um, so fucking participation trophies. Literally. Millennialism strikes again. You're younger than I. <laughs> <laughs> By two years, one and a half. Two years. <laughs> so. Okay, so Quasimodo sings about being able to see the city from a safe distance. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, it's really cool, but I'm kind of trapped up here. I would like to go out there. And um, it's very, the song is very Belle-esque. Like Provincial Life? Yes. Yeah. Very much. Uh, she's actually in the movie while he sings out there. She is. Like, if you look down below, like yeah. she's walking through the crowd. And I love the little um, detail. So he, he just talks about, like, how everybody in the town, like, isn't appreciative of, like, the gift it is to be... Yeah. Nor- normal. Quote-unquote. Quote-unquote. Quote quote yes. Normal. Um, so y'all know what we mean. Yeah. Um, so he's... Mm, so, he sings this very beautiful song. It is. Called Out There. Um, Just one day, I swear, I'll be content with my share. Won't resent, won't despair. Old and bent, I won't care. I'll have uh, spent one day out there. Yeah. Yep. There it is. Okay. I love, I love that song. Me too. So, what does he decide to do? He decides to go out there. Fuck it. He's like, I grab my cloak. Grab my tarp and <laughs> grapple hooks out the <laughs> fucking highest tower. <laughs> okay, so the gypsies are here. Here they are. Come one, Bye. come all. Leave your looms and milking stools. Coop the hens and pin the mules. Okay, basically, it's time for the what? Feast of Fools. Period. So um Quasimodo is like there and he's like, oh cool. I'm he's here. out there. He's literally out there, but he's covered up. Mm. And he's like, oh, this is cute. Um, so we find that Clopin, 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 is the king of the gypsies. He's the one in charge. Um, and so he's like, we're here to have a, we're here for a good time, not a long time. Um, so like, let's have a topsy-turvy day. Everything is upside down. We're allowed to roam free. That's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Enter Captain Fetus. Phoebus is here. He's the new captain of the guard. He's very handsome. And he sees he's there. He's also out there. He is also in the town. We're all out there right now. Yes. So, what the fuck? (laughs) Okay, so I'm just like, okay. (sighs) Phoebus sings the song called Rest. And, and relaxation. Recreation. Yes, Incredible. close. <laughs> we were so close. Um, wow. Yes. Wow. He sings a song. <laughs> wow. Uh, he sings the song about how he 
was out at war. Yes. But now he's in for a three-day furlough mm-hmm. before he starts being, like, the captain of the guard of the city of Paris. But he's, like, he's just here to, like, make sure the Feast of Fools goes, like... Briefly. Not, not to mock PTSD. The transition from Feast of Fools into this song, whose dashing manner and bold swagger could not quite conceal the haunted look. <laughs> it's just the juxtaposition of, wow, he's sexy, he's hot, he's cool, and he's also traumatized as fuck. Ladies, line up. Like, it's... Can you dig it? <laughs> Can you dig it? Um. So, yes, he's on a... F- much like everybody at Disney thought it was going to be a three-day furlough. Yes. Uh, it was a lot longer than that. It was... And then 28,000 cast members lost their job. Uh, Yikes. <laughs> um, so he's like, give me your girls of plenty, your grapes of Merlot. Show me your wares and measure. One large sample. Sample them at my leisure. This three-day furlough should be ample. Okay, then he's like, four years at the front. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> it, like, gets back to him. And I... I so, to speak on that in this song, I think speaks to the power of trauma mm-hmm. and how it just invades every fucking waking moment. Yes, because he's like, I'm here to have a good time, but this really bad thing happened to me, he's and I can't trying, let it go. He's trying to just be in the big city mm-hmm. to forget about his his troubles. And what happens at the end of the song? He is immediately back at work. Yes. He, like... Because he's like, I'm here, yay, rest, and recreation. Yeah. And yeah. then the was uh, like, like, hey, can you arrest a gypsy for me, please? Glad you're here early. Let's get to work. Yeah, because the, the gypsies are using the Feast of Fools to, like, pickpocket people. Yeah. And they're working in a big group, and they do pickpocket somebody, and they mm. find one, but they don't find the money on him. And Frollo's like, arrest him. Yeah. Do it. And he's like, it's kind of Feast of Fools. He's like, did I stutter? <laughs> and and Phoebus is like, okay, I guess I'll do it. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> come on, come on, hurry, hurry. Here's your chance. See, See the, the mystery, mystery and romance. romance. Come on. Okay, this is the best song in the musical. I don't give a shit. This is my favorite song in the musical. Sing you will the now whole damn thing. hear me sing it. Who no. cares? <laughs> I, no one, no one should care. <laughs> this is when I look at the. Uh, when that when I look at the analytics of this episode, That's like where it drops off. four minutes they skip. <laughs> <laughs> See the finest girl in France make an entrance to entrance. Dance, Dance my Esmeralda. When he throws the the capulet, cap, whatever smoke bomb. I, I said capulet like it's the fucking Romeo and Juliet family. <laughs> he throws a whole ass person <laughs> on the ground. Okay, here's my favorite thing. Smoke bomb. Esmeralda, this is the track I want. Yeah. This is what, 30 minutes into the show? Yeah. I bet she had a later call time than anybody. Probably. What's she doing? Sitting backstage doing nothing? Smoking. Ma'am. (laughs) Ma'am? Ma'am. And she gets to put sandals on? The dream. The only thing. That's it, though. (laughs) Smoking and sandals. The only thing that's better than this. Podcast idea. is, Is Nessa Rose and Wicked. You get pushed around in a chair. Oh. You sing half a song. Careful. Man. <laughs> what? Pushed around in a chair. That's what she does. You're right. 
She stands up for like two minutes and then she's done. Mm. The dream. The dream. I want to be pushed around in a chair. You know that there's all I am is pushed around. There's another musical where literal it's it's Anastasia where the the Grand Duchess is just wheeled out onto the stage to the sing dream to sing her one song and she's wheeled back out and that's all it is. And that woman was me. So, <laughs> so Esmeralda comes out in a beautiful. Okay, first of all, she's not even in a red dress. What we see is a little stage on stage. There's a stage within a stage. and Shakespeare. <laughs> Meta theater. Stageception. And so we wow. have to go deep. <laughs> the car. The car accident. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we see a person what? in a car. <laughs> on my stage in the La Jolla theater. On my stage? <laughs> So, we see a person in a cloak, and he goes, dance, my Esmeralda, dance! And they rip open this cloak, and she's just standing there in a red-ash dress with, like, a purple thing. Yes. Purple sash. There it is. Can't, I've been waiting to tell you this for, like, a month now. Me and Will have been trying to film this, record this episode for, like, a month now. This song is called Rhythm of the Tambourine. Can I tell you what I call tambourines? Yes. I don't call them tambourines. I call them jingle frisbees. <laughs> jingle frisbees. <laughs> because there's an episode of Drawn Together. I don't know if you know what that is. I do know what that is. Foxy Love calls. She picks up a tambourine. She's like, I don't even know if I know how to play the jingle frisbee anymore. And I have called them that since that day. That's brilliant. And now I'm imagining people playing ultimate with fucking tambourines. <laughs> yes. Touchdown. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so okay she comes out and she's like hey soldier boy i see how you stare hey butcher man i see you admire she's calling people out she's like yeah. i know you're here to watch me dance because right. i'm what very pretty yes sexually desirable sure and then she's like hey jacques and pierre and i'm always like she just, they come to every one of her shows. I'm convinced. Yeah. Because she knows them by name. First first name. <laughs> come see me dance to the rhythm of the tambourine. It's but very cute. Also, they're very common French names. I guess. So it, I'll give like you that. Jack and John. But know. she's like, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I'll give you that one. Mm. And my production, where I'm directing it, she's pointing Your head out. cannon is Jack and Pierre, <laughs> Jacques and Pierre. Come to all of her shows. Yes. And they're they're wearing Esmeralda shirts and they're Please. like I heart Esmeralda. Yes. They've got E for Esmeralda. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so she goes to the rhythm of the tambourine and she dances. Yes. While they play. Okay, so she dances. This is the coolest part. She yes. has these ribbons in her hand. She and she's like twirling and a swirling and a and a jiving. And then because Phoebus is there, this because Frollo is there, and because Quasimodo is there hidden, they all objectify a woman. And I, this bothers me so fucking much. And I'm including Quasimodo in this. Yes, two incels and a Chad. This is the musical. Yes! Yes! It's two incels and a Chad. They, okay, so she dances, and there's a beautiful, I fucking love theater, if y'all have seen Legally Blonde on stage. It's the same effect. It's the same effect as them pausing the Burke Wyndham uh, DVD. Yep. She has these two ribbons, and she basically dances in slow motion, yep. and the ribbons, like, continue as if they're in motion. It's very hard to explain over a podcast. It's very pretty. It's a cool effect. Look it up. Look it up. Okay, so 
while she's dancing in slow motion, these three men separately sing about like, this girl, who is she? This girl, who is she? And Frollo was like, she dances she like, dances the, devil. like the devil. And everybody else is like, <laughs> she dances, dances like an angel. An angel. But with such fire. Such fire. Okay. And she's like, men of Paris. Before we get old, before I lose my beauty, yeah. before all this goes away, because before I'm time old is as fuck a, like this guy. Because time is a directly. savage beast. Yeah. <laughs> um, come feel the heat, come taste the desire. Feel them within you, crimson and gold, gold like the coins you tossed into my tam. Okay, here's the thing. And what is my phrase for this whole fucking podcast? If you're not going to option up, don't fucking sing the song. And there's an option up that does not fit at all in the theme. Yeah, the blues lick that I that I said. It works. Yeah, it does work. It doesn't work. And it should never be approved by any music director. No. But do it. Um, so It works for in the car. <gasps> or in the shower. Me. I only work in the car. Or in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> what are your corners? What are you picking up? <laughs> so we go immediately back into topsy-turvy. We do. And they're like, okay, cool. Um, okay, so he's like, here's the thing. Woo, don't do that. Um, Frollo <laughs> says... Hey, now this is we 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 came here. We stole your money. We showed you Esmeralda. We got more money. Mm. I would now like to do the one thing that doesn't involve you giving us money. Yeah, the King of Fools. The spectacle of it all. The spectacle of musical theater. Yeah. Uh, so we would like um, everybody to be very ugly. As ugly as possible. The ugliest person wins. That's what they're saying. Yes. I would come in a strong second place. It's like when Charlie Chaplin enters the Charlie Chaplin competition, but then comes in like seventh. Mm. Robert Downey Jr. came in, did that. And he came in second. Mm. Dolly Parton also did that to herself and came in second to a drag queen. And Christopher Walken also did that. And lost. And lost. Well, he should have walked out. Mm. Eh. Mm. He gets an acknowledgement. Thank you. That's all it deserves. (laughs) The panel. (laughs) So, okay, so, Uh, Dylan, you have so much to edit, and I'm so sorry, but I did pay you for this. We're having fun. We are. So, okay, so, he goes, listen, shut up, and come. (laughs) Listen, shut up. (laughs) Listen, be quiet. (laughs) Let me tell you. He comes out, and he goes, be ugly. If you have a mask, that's great. (laughs) Be ugly. Go. (laughs) Three, two, one. Nathan, you're doing too much. (laughs) And Esmeralda walks up. And she's like, aw, she's ugly. Like John Mulaney. Whoa, this is great. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) She literally tries to pull Quasimodo's face off. And she's like, oh, this isn't a mess. You're just. Joe and I feel bad. Much like Lady Gaga, you were born. (laughs) No, you were born this way. So. (laughs) <laughs> uh, he what happened also she the, goes over he's ugly oh and she goes wouldn't you like to not be ugly yeah wouldn't you like to feel just like be a, king for a day wouldn't you like to actually feel successful for one day for one moment of your life? <laughs> me yeah and he goes you. okay and so he goes upstage and they're like oh my goodness yeah. oh <laughs> And Clopin goes, Clopin. Yeah, Clopin. Goes, oh, let me tell you why I keep saying that. Because in the movie, 
in the beginning. Clopin will tell you. Clopin will tell you. It's my favorite. You, yes. Yeah. You you expedited that story, and I appreciate that. <laughs> and everybody else appreciates that. <laughs> and everyone else. Okay, so he goes up, and he's like, listen, everyone shut the fuck up. This is literally what I Guess asked for. Guess who the fuck this is. And everybody, wait, now here's my question. Yes. Every a crowd member in yeah. the recording, you can hear this. He goes, yeah. it's the bell ringer from Notre Dame. Yeah. So they know he's there. Yeah. He's well, like. So I think this is a nod to Hugo. Because. Victor? People, yeah. Okay. Because people knew someone was ringing the bells. People knew that there was architecture behind the walls, behind the curtains, as to say. But it was. it was. Pay no attention to the hunchback behind the curtain. Exactly. It was, it was a rumor. No one had ever seen him behind or in front of the curtain before. Okay. So this is him like, everybody's like, oh shit, he's real. Exactly. And ugly. Yeah. He is ugly, as they say. <laughs> oh, a face only a mother can love. <laughs> Oof. Bad news, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for a radio. <laughs> Imagining Quasimodo. <laughs> You're back at Q108. We're listening to the bells of Notre Dame. <laughs> it works because Q stands for Quasimodo in this scenario. I got it. Okay. It's also a radio station in Clarksville. Which you passed on the way here. We're in Clarksville right now. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so, okay, so he, he goes up there and he's crowned the king of fools, right? He wins. Oh, the radio station. Go on. Yes. I know what you're talking about. It was dark. I didn't see it. I know that it's in the journal. Go on. Anyway, so he's crowned the king of fools. Well, <laughs> then it takes a turn. It does. And everybody's like, but wait, <laughs> he's still ugly. <laughs> what about violence? <laughs> so they throw fruit at him. Rotten vegetables. They do. And Were they, they just keeping it in their pockets? What's going on with that? Why do people just carry <laughs> rotten fruit in their pocket? In case this- they saw a hunchback guy. They wake up and they're like, Q108. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they were like, anyway. Anyway. Um, so they throw fruit at him and rotten vegetables. Mm. And then they tie him up and tie him down. And he goes, Master, help me. And Phoebus is like, do you want me to go cut him loose? And Frollo's like, no, he needs to learn a lesson. Literally says, he needs to learn Frollo a lesson. Frollo says, I see nothing. Yes. So, excuse I'm not me. I'm So, um, Esmeralda gets up and cuts him free. And, like, they're like, um, you weren't supposed to cut him free, Arrest that gypsy girl. Yeah. Arrest Esmeralda. And she throws a smoke bomb and disappears under cover of a smoke Where screen. Where are they getting these from? Their pocket. So, <laughs> and Frollo goes, oh, magic. It's not magic. It's Witchcraft. It's, it's science. It's science, bitch. So, okay. Frollo and says. Walter White shows up. So, Frollo, every, he goes, everybody go home. The The Feast of Fools is over. It's, it's This is done. It's Dunzo. I'm Archdeacon. I'm Arch. I'm Archdeacon. This feast I'm is Arch- deceased. Yes. He goes, everybody go home. Yeah. And Quasimodo goes, hey. And he goes, I fucking told you so. Yeah. What did I tell you? I hate that. To st- but he was right. And that's what we were talking about earlier. It's all the gaslighting that he talks about. It's justified. This comes back in Made of Stone, too. It does. Okay. So, okay. So he goes, I told you so. Okay. <gasps> and Okay, so the famous Esmeralda piece. Yes. Okay. So he goes. He Frollo takes him home. He goes. It's time to go home. Yeah. Okay. 
here's the thing. He goes, see, the world is cruel, but how could you do this to me? I told you to stay inside. I hate that line. He Because he says, how could you do this? And there's a pause because you think maybe there is an iota, a fucking ounce of empathy in this cruel, cold, Uncle. old man. Mm-hmm. And he says, to me. And you're like, God. All right. <laughs> so it's it's instantly ruined because you think maybe you see your nephew in this instance in pain. You want to be there for him. You want to comfort him and be like, hey, I'm sorry. Yeah. It is like that. Yeah. So he's like, you embarrassed me. As yeah. a public official, mm-hmm. you have jeopardized my situation, my standing in front of the people of Paris whom I represent. Mm-hmm. And that looks badly upon me, so I'm mad at you for it. Yes. So that's another thing that I can control you over. Yes. And it's shitty as fuck, and I hate it. And he goes, goes, up, goes upstairs. He goes, he, go, he goes, go upstairs. He says, go upstairs. <laughs> he goes upstairs, and he, tells, he comes back down, and he says, Pussy, go upstairs. <laughs> I had to make sure it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> just be careful. There's a lot of bells. <laughs> made it meant to make sure that Jason Alexander wasn't creeping around up there. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> shut up, Will. So he goes upstairs. Guasimodo goes upstairs. Shut up, Will. And Esmeralda comes out of nowhere. She does, and she followed him to go. No, shut up. Mm-hmm. Shh. And he goes, shh. And she and the conjugate the ensemble goes. The conjuration. The conjugation. The congregation. The congregation. I'm so over this. Greg. Says Greg. Diane. <laughs> so he goes, so the poor hunchback retreated back in through the doors of Notre Dame. The double back there, by the way, it throws me off every time I hear it. Uh-huh. The hunchback goes back into the doors. In which I'm always like, did oh. I repeat that? And I'm like, no. no. <laughs> back, back. Yeah. You're talking about back and then the action of going Correct. back. Yeah. So, uh, and there followed, and the, the gypsy girl followed, yes. who had never been into Notre Dame. And she stopped and beheld, I fucking love the woman who sings this. And she yes. goes, and she stopped and beheld all the beauty, like a beggar receiving an arm. And each window and pillar and arch seemed to fill her with light, the light of Notre Dame. Esmeralda's run line in that song. Yeah. And she's like, oh, it's really pretty in here. And there it is, Hugo's legacy. That's it. That's it. End of show. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Um, So, okay. So, Phoebus? Frollo. Frollo finds Esmeralda inside. Oh, okay. So, she's inside Notre Dame. She is. And they don't really make make a whole deal about, like, claiming sanctuary or, like, what sanctuary is, really. Mm -hmm. They do talk about it a little bit, but she doesn't come in and be like, I claim sanctuary, Mm -hmm. which was what she did in in the the movie. movie. Yes. She comes in and she's like, I'm sanctuary. You it's can't like touch me. They were me. all taught beforehand. They're like, "All right, here's the rules of sanctuary." Just so you know, because this one lady, she died a few years ago. I'm a base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, safe. <laughs> um. So Frollo finds her, and he, she's like, "Hey, why do you hate us? What did we do to you? Yeah. Well, what we quote unquote as a group, as a group quote yeah. unquote, was Jayon gave him Quasimodo. Yeah, and also ripped him and Jayon apart. Yes." That's because that's it's implied that Jeon joined the gypsies. And that's the real answer. Right. But 
men don't go to therapy, and so we're not able to have that conversation now, are we? Um, so, uh, okay, excuse me, where are we? Okay, so Frollo says, you are, oh, you are less than, mm-hmm. you are a temptress, mm-hmm. and you have magic. And she's like, oh, I'm not magic. If I was magic, do you think I'd be poor? Yeah. Like, that's basically what she said. She's like, trapped in here. Literally. And he's like, "Mm, logic. Yeah. Sign of the devil. Seems (laughs) suspicious to me. Esmeralda (laughs) seems sus. (laughs) Vote her out. And so she goes, I'm not, I'm not magic. But why don't you help others? Like, yeah. if you want to help me, why don't you help everybody? Here it comes. And he goes, okay, Frollo goes, if you stay here, I can save you. Mm-hmm. Oof. Bug oof. Yeah. And I do mean bug oof. Because, oof, like, bug-oof. men. Yeah. Why do men? Why do men act the way they do, Dylan? Uh, well. No. Okay, so. No. Dylan, well, cut your response. Dissertation. <laughs> So I like it. It adds sexy. He's basically like, I. Mm, this is what bothers me, and this is what bothers me when people are like, I don't like gay people, but Nathan, you're cool. Like, you mm. can't pick and choose who you like out yeah. of somebody you discriminate against. Yeah, that really bothers me. And so, and so, <laughs> he's like, I don't like your group of people that you come from, but you're, what it is is you're pretty and sexy and I like you and I have feelings for you. So there's some major projection going on here. Go ahead. He He's still feeling like he has failed his brother. Okay. Yes. And he feels as an extension to that, that Esmeralda is responsible. Despite the fact that she has come after Jeanne's death, and mm-hmm. like we had visited earlier, the switching of the babies, like in, right. the, in the source material, that's uh, and like Jeanne had nothing to. Jeanne's right. still alive in the book at this point. He actually Ooh. storms Notre Dame later in the in the book, um, and Quasi throws him off the fucking bridge. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, his own um, father. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just I just got the image of the Godfather, like, <laughs> and he had the gift. Anyway. Um, but there's projection going on here with Quasimodo's or with Quasi, with Frollo still feeling guilt about how he was unable to save his brother, but he thinks that he can save Esmeralda. Yes. And there is that very conflicted idea of I want to help you, I want to save you, but also I'm really fucking attract attracted to you right now. Correct. So, I want to fuck you. <laughs> so he's like, "Oh, church is starting. I gotta go." Yeah. So she's like, "Okay." So then we get my least favorite song in the show. God help the outcast. Yeah. You don't like God help the outcast? I never have. Why not? I don't. You like God help the outcasts less than the fucking. Saint Aphrodisius, the bishop okay, of Okay, no, that is like, that's a given. Da, 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 flight of Egypt. Yeah, Flight that's of my, Egypt. That's a given least favorite. This okay. is my second least favorite. I just don't care for this song. I get it. I get why it's here. I get it. 
She comes, okay, she she prays. It's, it means we a lot. get it. She prays. No, I'm sorry. I don't mean it that way. Mm. It's, it's just not for me. Sure. I think it's my own religious hang-ups. Okay. So, oh, oh that was fine. Re that explanation no, was fine for that you. that is. Musically, <laughs> it's brilliant. Thematically, yes. it's brilliant. Yes. I, I, I just, I'll give you that. It's just not my favorite. Sure. I, I can respect that. I, I think. I also think it's because Demi Moore sang it, and she was a white woman, like, playing a person of color. Sure. So I'm just like, I really don't. I, I totally get that. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Um, Basically, Esmeralda comes in, and she's like, hey... She sings God Help the Outcast. Y'all know this. She sings this whole song of like, if you're going to help everybody, aren't I included with everybody? Yeah. Even though I'm an outcast. Also. In, go ahead. In the bridge of this song. And I'm not, I can't remember. Are you talking about everybody praying? Yes. 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 This is, yeah. So in the bridge of the song, I ask for wealth. I ask for fame, I ask for glory to shine in my name, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Everyone is asking for, give me this, give me this, give me this. God, please give me this. Esmeralda asks for nothing. I ask for nothing. I can, wait, what, what is I it? can't get by. I can I, get but by. I know. I know so many, that, yeah, less lucky than I. So it shows the selflessness of Esmeralda to say, look, God, if you are there, you know what it's like to be an outcast. Mm -hmm. Jesus, you know what it's like to be spurned by the people that you love, that you represent, that you speak for. Mm -hmm. I don't want anything. All I want is for my people, you know, Esmeralda is a Jesus figure. She was set to be burned at the stake. Mm -hmm. Till Quasi ruined that, you know, fucking ruined the right <laughs> complex. She dies anyway, it's fine. Um, <laughs> she doesn't die there. She dies later. Anyway, you don't like the the cab? Is the uh, cab? I haven't tried it. You yet. haven't tried it yet. Okay. I thought you were either reacting to my assessment or I was. Mine. Okay. Anyway, um, Esmeralda is infinitely more selfless. Yes. Than any other character. And in what this does that tell you? Musical. What does that tell you? People who are different can be. Not better than you, but, like, selfless and, like, worth worth help. And people in this musical have such fucking victim complexes that they cannot get past their own psychoses in order to see past their own fucking noses. Me at work. Stop. <laughs> Frollo is hung up on the fact that his brother has died and yes. he was unable to save him. Quasimodo is hung up on the fact that his uncle has never given him love and has sheltered him his entire life. Fro I'm so sorry. Phoebus is hung up on the fact that he's watched all of his friends die right in front of him. Yes. They are all consumed by their pasts. Yes. Esmeralda is able to look past that and look at the grand picture picture and say, I ask for nothing. But to, I, for you to help people who need help. Yeah. I'm I, fine. I'm fine. Help those who need Help it. Help those who need it. Which is the children of God. Every single fucking person in love with her at this very moment. Well, yes. So she sings God Help That. Your explanation of it makes me like it a little bit more. Thank you. You're welcome. That means a lot. Well, I, I'm that, drunk, that's the so. that's the one line though that I'm just like that complete because I understand. But that line redeems everything for me. Yeah. About this line. Because it's like, ooh, it's so impactful. Anyway, go on. So Phoebus is in the church. He is in the church. And he finds Esmeralda. 
And he says, hey, I'm going to protect this church. And she's like, I'm not attacking this church. Yeah. And she's like, why are you doing this to me? We both come from nothing. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Wait. So, um... What? What? Oh, 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 oh. He's like, I'm here to protect the church. And she goes, yeah. you're interested in winning. Yeah. Not why the war started. That is so important. Mm-hmm. America. Yes. America. Yes. Rent. So... It's literally like you're interested in like all you want to do. You don't want to know why people are upset. You just want to be like, I'm on this side and I hope I win. That's literally what he's doing. Yeah. Because he's joined the people who have the advantage. He and was, he's, He was contracted to join yes, the people. Yes, yes, but, yes. But he's like, I'm following the guy who's telling me what to do and I don't really care. Yeah. Because I'm being paid. Yes. And he says that. He says that at one yeah, point. He's like, I'm following song. the money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he says that in his... So, okay. Uh, Oh! Esmeralda goes upstairs to the bell tower. Yes. And Quasimodo is there. And he's talking to the bells. The bells of Notre Dame. Ah. Okay, so... (laughs) Roll credits. (laughs) And he goes... She goes, hey, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm just talking to my friends. She goes, I like your friends. (laughs) She goes... Oh, so you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's crazy. Okay, and he goes, hey, we, I want to show you something. I'm half deaf from ringing the bells all my life, but I can read your lips. She says, what? (laughs) (laughs) And she goes, okay. And he goes, okay. And she goes, okay, (laughs) stop. And he goes, okay, what? (laughs) Stop, I'm trying to get to the next point. And she goes, show me something. And he goes, I'll come come here to the balcony. Yeah. And she goes, I'm afraid of heights. And he goes, come here. And he goes, look. He says, that's wild, wait for act two. (laughs) 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 So... He goes, come, come look. Yeah. And he goes, look at, can you, can you see everything from up here? You can see it. Mm-hmm. You can see everything that you can see. It's way better than being in the crowd. Yes. And she goes, oh, this is very pretty. Yeah. And she's like, mm-hmm. she goes, gazing down from the top of the world. Suddenly seeing a a different different city. Things look tiny and friendly and fair. Seen from the top of the world. So, she's just like, oh my gosh, I'm literally looking at the world from a different perspective. Yeah. Whoa! (laughs) 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 She's like, this is so cool. Um, And so, she's like, this is so neat. And she's having, like, a legitimately a good time. Yeah. And all the bells and the statues are like, Quasimodo! Tell her how you feel. Tell her, this woman you just met today, how you feel. You've been feeling these for years. (laughs) And he goes, hey, it's nice. It's, they're like, say something. Quasimodo, say something. And he's like, it's nice. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I don't care. Yeah. I don't Sorry. Care. No, I don't yeah. care. He's like, it's cool. The two of us are having a good time. 
And she's like, yeah. And as soon as that's over, he switches back to his head voice. Sitting on top of the world. Yeah, okay. it's, it's really great. And because he's self-conscious and expressing his feelings to her. But she didn't reject him. Exactly. When it happened. And that's why he switches back, because he is finally being seen for who he truly is. <sighs> okay, so... At the end of this song, the biggest mistake happens in the entire show, and I will live and die on this hill. She kisses Quasimodo on the cheek. Yeah. I fucking hate it. A friend kiss. It is a friend kiss, but he reads way too much into it. Well, when you're an incel like Quasimodo, who has spent his entire life up in the... I understand, and this is coming from me... Read the room. But also. But also, somebody who is not his caretaker is showing him affection. The only other person who is not related directly to him. Does he know that? Well, yeah, he does, because he references it later. Okay, so she kisses him on the cheek. A mistake. He rings the bells when he's not supposed to ring the bells. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm going to ring the bells for you. And she's like, it's really fucking loud. And he's like... And he says, what? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So, okay, Ian goes, it's okay. If they break, I can fix them. I have hot molten lead. Yeah. This is like this foreshadowing. (laughs) So, Frollo comes in to yell at Quasimodo. Mm -hmm. And Quasimodo, Quasimodo? Quasimodo. Question mark? Quasimodo leaves. Quasimodo leaves for some reason that I have forgotten. And Frollo says, don't stray too far, Quasimodo. And he goes, okay. Mm. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. Does he not take Esmeralda back to the... Why would he show Frollo that he has Esmeralda? Ooh, you're right. But in the movie, doesn't he just, like, take her down? (gasps) No! He sees Esmeralda because he's about to he's about to talk to her. Yes. I'm so okay. sorry about this. Yes. No, I no. remember now. Quasimodo leaves and he goes, don't yeah. stray too far. Yeah. He's like, because I'm going to yell at you later for having Esmeralda up in your, in your room. In your room. After curfew. <laughs> so, Son. You and your mother aren't mad. We're just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Oof. And so. Relatable. And so. <laughs> Frollo. Oh, Frollo wants. Oh, this is. I'm going to read what I wrote down. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what I wrote down. And I will read it as written. Frollo wants to save Esmeralda's soul because he's H-word. Because horny. He's, ah, bonk. Bonk, bonk, go to horny jail. <laughs> I just, you can't pick and choose who you want to save. Yeah. You can't. That's not the true gospel. But Nathan has, had a real opinion. But he has ulterior motives. Yes. So he goes, <gasps> he goes, come stay here and I can protect you. Right. And Esmeralda says, what? She goes, that was horrendous and I cannot drink more of it. That is oh, not what she says. Weird what she said. Huh? I said she didn't say that. <laughs> Esmeralda says. Why? You said this was. All right, fine. I didn't like it. I didn't like it's not for me. Like, like God help the outcast isn't for me. That's not for me. Can I explain to you why this is for and then you can like it slightly more. Sure. <laughs> no, go on. Did you buy it for Al? No, it was, I stole it from my mom's cabinet. 
Okay, sorry, mom. So, she, yeah, because your mom's one of my uh, diehard fans. So he goes, come stay here, and she goes, I see the way you look at me. Yeah, she ain't no fool, and she don't want no scrub. So, <laughs> so she goes, no, thank you, and he banishes her from Notre Dame, and. He's like, you can't even claim sanctuary. Try to claim sanctuary. See what happens. And she says, sanctuary. And he says, nope. <laughs> he goes, blocked. <laughs> he says, reverse card. <laughs> Plus four. <laughs> so Quasimodo comes back. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. We're so reaching the problematic section. Quasimodo of the... comes back. And yes. he's like, hello, I'm back. Hello. Hey. Hello. 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 And Quasimodo says... She was nice. I liked her. Nice lady. Nice. <laughs> we nice. made it work. Nice lady. We got there. And Frollo says, you are impure. Like your father. <gasps> Another good element of projection happening here. That's all Frollo is. And he goes, Esmeralda, oh, Esmeralda was sent to tempt us. And we can't let her tempt us. And he hugs Quasimodo, mm -hmm. and he's like, I'm going to protect you from all of this. Mm -hmm. He's really talking about himself. He's really yeah. not talking about Quasimodo. Yes. He's talking about himself, but he's like, I'm going to protect you, me, mm -hmm. you, us, you, me mainly. But as that happens, all the voices around him yeah. of the choir are like, Esmeralda, Esmeralda, yeah. ma'am. Ma'am. Okay, so. And plus, just extra textually, or even just from the source material, that line, Esmeralda was sent to tempt us, to reverse the roles there of, of Quasimodo and Esmeralda. For Esmeralda to have been sent, she was stolen by the gypsies in order for Quasimodo to be, to, to take her place there. Yeah. She wasn't. Right. But that's, again, an, uh, another example of, of Frollo's projection yeah. onto Quasimodo of his own internal sins. Correct. And, and I think that's what I said earlier, like, about Frollo's character arc being so compelling because he is constantly trying to justify his own sin mm -hmm. through how he interprets others. Yes. And I think that's so powerful because that's a cipher that we can apply to our own lives, that we can apply to others, the, the mistakes that we make, the, the, if you want to call them sins, if you, the, the sins that we do mm -hmm. are externalities applied onto us from how we interpret others. And... And that goes back to the main theme, like you were talking about. Like, how how do we interpret who is the monster and who's the man? What's, yes. What makes a monster and what makes a man? Ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Society. So Look at this society. Ooh. There is society in here. So, okay. So, okay. So then we get the tavern song. I don't like the tavern song. It's whatever. It's a song. It's a it song. It is a song. It's a song where, like, Frollo is like roaming the streets and he finds this tavern where Esmer where Esmeralda goes and has fun with her friends. I'd be very interested to see the Romani translation of this because like that's 
It, Me too. There's no motivic like, right? This doesn't come back up. It's like it's hinted at in Topsy Turvy and Rhythm of the Tambourine, but it's not really like, yeah, developing anything. Right. It, it's just kind of like here it is. You know, he goes to this bar. Yes, and he he sees Esmeralda and Phoebus comes in and he's like, I was just here with my friends. Yeah. We came to a tavern. They kiss. Frollo sees them kiss. That's kind of all that happens in this song. It's the tavern song. But not to be confused with the tavern song from Beauty and the Beast with Gaston. Okay. But she is in this universe. Canonically, she is in this universe. Correct. (laughs) So, okay, Phoebus goes in and sees her. Oh, they kiss. Kith? Okay. K-I-T-H. Yes, Kith. So, (laughs) Frollo sees this from afar. Okay. Oh, okay. We go back to the sanctuary. 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 Quasimodo. <clears throat> excuse me. Quasimodo misses. Son of ventriloquist burp. Did I burp? And I burped? burped and then you said, excuse me. Oh. Quasimodo misses Esmeralda. He does. Okay. So many times out there, I've watched a happy pair. This is Heaven's Light. Yes. Mm. It's so good. I love Heaven's of Light. Of lovers walking in the night. They had a kind of glow. Oh, oh that's wrong. I know, I never know. They had a kind of glow around them. It almost looked like heaven's light. Yeah. That's all wrong. I'm drunk. I will get things wrong. It's I don't fine. care. I'm not trying to impress you people. What are you... Okay. <laughs> anyway. So, my cold dark tower seems so bright. I, I swear, swear it I must be heaven's light. da na 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 so so again Ooh, it's and, so and, good and, it's so and, good and we didn't talk about this at the time I, we mentioned it but so okay <gasps> hi killian just on killian come here we're doing great how are you doing hi. y'all killian's here for season two season two killian yeah. Say hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. I love you. Yeah. I love you. Season two, Killian. Bye, Killian. I love you. Bye. I was just checking. Say bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. I was just checking. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I love you. Sweet dreams. Thank you for the cameo, Killian. Bye, Killian. <laughs> it smells like beer in here. Okay. I've never had anything more judgmental said about me. Also, get your fucking tastes right, child. It's wine. Anyway. Uh, okay, so it goes straight from this beautiful... Okay. Go ahead. Yes, okay, so... That no, go ahead and interrupt me. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> In Out There, when it shifts from the minor that Frollo is singing Mm -hmm. to the major key when Quasi starts to sing, Mm -hmm. it's the reverse that happens here with Heaven's Light and Hellfire. Yes. Quasimodo is singing in a major key. Almost looked like heaven's light. Do-dee-da, do-dee-da. And it's the main motif from Notre Dame, the the Mm -hmm. bells from Notre Dame. And then, like you said, it transitions into the minor key. Do-do-da-da-da. I don't know the actual Latin here, but it sings the the Latin lyrics of a hymn, which I would love for you to look up right now. Okay. Um, but it, it basically starts with 
Beata Maria, you know I am a righteous man. It starts in major. And, and I think that's really important because Frollo, in his heart of hearts, still believes that he is a good man. Uh-huh. He still thinks that he is addressing Maria. He is addressing, or Mary, or he is addressing the saints. He is addressing Jesus. He is addressing God. He is addressing the Holy Spirit, the, the church itself. And in this addressal, he is petitioning them to help with what he is struggling against, which is the sin of adultery, the sin of lust. Yes. Deadly sin of lust. Wow. And that significance in changing into the minor later in the song is the reversal of what happens with Quasimodo when he is desiring to open himself up to... And I'm not sure if Mencken intended this to be so unilaterally analyzed with the church being constricting. Mm -hmm. But I think in this instance, it applies to at least the motif of Quasimodo views the the role of the church Mm -hmm. as constricting to him because he's literally trapped in a church. Yeah. And to him, that is depressing, hence the minor key of, of, you know, it playing over and over. Whereas Frollo sees that as his freedom, sees that as his identity. Yeah. And I, I think that juxtaposition is so powerful in particularly these two songs back to back heaven's light and health literally fading into each other yes yeah. exactly and, and even the titles themselves heaven's light and hell fire being so similar mm-hmm. to each other looking up the latin all the latin in the in hell's fire is i confess to god almighty to blessed mary ever virgin to the blessed archangel michael to the holy apostles to all the saints so that's a that's a common catholic prayer then yeah which is very like that that's repeated yeah more and more like throughout this entire musical that the choir is just literally singing hymns yeah which i love that choice because Mm -hmm. not only does that draw the audience into the setting we are in a church that also thematically connects and constantly draws our attention back as the audience to the themes of these hymns mm-hmm. that the characters on stage are actively contradicting. Yes. And, and I think that that is just brilliant. Yes. On, on Mencken's part to, to, to write that. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Oh, well, I, it. yeah. And it's very, it's very, mm, I know that it was. It was a book by Victor Hugo, but, like, everybody knows it as a Disney movie right now. Mm. Or, like, as the Disney version. Hugo did not intend this to be no, musical. I, no, he Hugo did not. Hugo did not intend Les Mis to be musical. <laughs> no, he did not. But, well, then stop writing good shows. Uh, Hugo, like, I'm going to go back. If I had a time machine. <laughs> Hugo, you don't understand. Less chapters on Napoleon as the great emperor, which he literally called him in multiple chapters. Say less. Anyway. So... Frollo comes out and he he starts this prayer. Yes. And he's like, hey, listen, everybody, I have sinned. Yeah. 
You know I am a righteous man. Above my virtue, I am justly proud. All of that is insincere. He says he is justly proud. What is one of the seven deadly sins? Pride. Fucking pride. You know I am so much... You know I'm so much purer than the common vulgar weak licentious crown. Then tell me, Maria, why I see her dancing there, why her smoldering eyes still scorch my soul. So why does he use the word licentious there if he is constantly objectifying Esmeralda? (gasps) Because he knows he isn't. Exactly. This entire song is him doing his quote-unquote due diligence to pray, to hail Mary. Yes, to try to get it all over with. Yeah. Yeah. Because he already knows he's committed the sin and will continue to commit the sin until he gets what he wants. I would also like to pause for one second now that Dylan has walked into the room and reminded me. Everyone stop and look up the Jonathan Young version of Hellfire. He sings like hardcore versions of Disney music. It's so good. Jonathan Young. Hellfire. What quantifies as, or what qualifies as hardcore? Shut up, Will. No, this is legit. It's like metal. It's like a metal version of the song. What's up? No, no, no. Go. Okay. We're still cutting this, I imagine. No, he's not. No, it's not. I wrote it down to remind everybody. Oh, no. No, I will not be cutting any mention of hardcore music. So he goes, uh, he goes, like fire, hellfire, this fire in my skin. I also love how mea culpa is constantly reiterated in the in the choir at this point mm-hmm. because they are speaking truth to word at that point. Mm-hmm. They are they are saying what Frollo will not. It is my fault. Yes, I am at fault here. Correct, but Frollo can't say that. Also, Facebook looks wild now. Yes, sorry. I just, I had to get the right person. So here's my question. It's not my fault. I'm not to blame. It's the gypsy girl, the witch who set this flame. It's not my fault. It's not, it's all God's plan. It's all God's plan. He made the devil so much stronger than a man. First of all, he's not wrong, but you have free will because God gave it to you. Also, God banished Lucifer from heaven because Lucifer was asking questions. Well, we're not getting into that right now. Okay. Paradise Lost. John Milton, look it up, people. <laughs> Protect me, Maria. Don't let this siren cast your spell. Don't let this fire seal my fu- sear my fresh and blood. First of all, the animation in the fucking yes. movie where Esmeralda yes. is literally the Dancing flame in the fire is so yeah. fucking good. Also the fucking red dementors popping up in the pews. Okay. And so here's what bothers me. Chrissy Danielle Height, who I worked with at Disney said it best. And this will come up soon. He goes, uh, he goes, hellfire, dark fire. Now gypsy, it's your turn. Choose me or your pyre. Be mine or you will burn. First of all, choose me or I'm going to burn the city down. Yes. Ma'am. Ma'am. Sir, Miss, Madam, ma'am. Oh. That is not how this works. Okay. Like I said, and so. That's not how this works. Gets what he wants or he destroys everything That's not how love works. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Yes, Dylan. Oh, oh, we get this beautiful moment at the end. He goes, 
be mine or you will burn. And he outstretches his arms. He does. And there's a spotlight down on him. And we get the Jesus on the cross moment. I've never picked up on that. Yes. He's kneeling, though. No, he's not. Does that change? He doesn't. He's He's not. not He's standing up with his arm outstretched. And he's looking up. Mm. Yes. Interesting. I'm not making fun of it. I'm pointing out a moment no, on no, stage. Like, all I remember is in the movie, he kneels down at that moment. Okay. He, he kneels down in desperation, but in the musical, he's literally Standing the up. crucifix. Yes. Yes. Wow. It's a symbol! Okay. That is, that's upsetting because what the fuck is he sacrificing himself for? He just views himself as this God figure. Yes. Ugh. So he goes to the king and he says, hey. King Louis. Can I have even more power than I already have so that I can stop this plague on our nation? And he's like, sure, whatever. Fucking yeah. I don't care. Why not? Turkey leg. Okay. Yeah, so, right. Let the meat cake. Okay. That's later. Esmeralda. <laughs> That's... <laughs> okay, here's my favorite part of the show. This ensemble member who comes out and is like, by... he He's talking about, like, there's a royal decree. By the way, sorry, just to mention... This is set in like 1400. Yeah. Just briefly. The let the meat cake is later. Go on. Okay. I'm so glad we specified. Shut the fuck up. Go on. (laughs) This is my podcast. You shut the fuck up. So there's a royal decree that Esmeralda (sighs) will be brought to justice. But like there's this, there's this ensemble member, and I can't remember it off the top of my head right now, but me. (laughs) Oof. I love her. She's he's like. Uh, under the suspicion of sorcery and witchcraft. Like, uh, his his line of music makes no sense. Under suspicion of sorcery and witchcraft and the art of hell. Yes. And if you're helping her, we will also come after you. Hunt down the gypsy Esmeralda. Don't let her flee and vanish in the night. Okay. So basically, they start hunting for Esmeralda. 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 So they go and they're looking for her and nobody knows where she is. Okay. Correct. So they go to um, basically this brothel. 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 Am I saying that right? Brothel. They go to a house of ill repute. (laughs) Right? House of sex workers. Yes. You said it right both times. Okay, good. Brothel. Okay. And so they say, hey, where is she? And she goes, I don't know. And they're like, if you don't tell us where she, I will burn this place to the ground. burn it to the ground. They say, we're not going to, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know where she is. My foot was frostbitten. We have to amputate my foot now. So the the woman, the woman who owns the shore, the woman who owns the store says no. And he goes, Phoebus, light it up. <laughs> and he, Phoebus goes, what? And he goes, fucking set the statue. So light it up. up, up, up. <laughs> fire. Literally. And he goes, fucking do it. And he goes, and you hear a reprise of God help the outcast. Yes. And he's God like, help the outcast or, or nobody will. And he throws it down. Into a bucket. Yes. Of water. And he was like, fuck, fuck you, you're fired. No pension, no you're 401k, yeah. nothing. And he's like, consider it my highest honor. Yeah. Man, Phoebus Which, went out on top. By the way, in the movie, 
Like, I know that they took that from the movie because, like, at that moment, Frollo orders Phoebus to, like, kneel, get his head chopped off. Phoebus says in that moment, consider it my highest honor. In the musical, they rush it because, obviously, they have to rush it. Because music. Time. Yeah. Yes. But the consider it my, my highest honor, and we'll come back to this here in a moment in the next song, the fact that Esmeralda's influence on Phoebus within that short amount of time is so profound that he decided to actually have a belief system of his own Mm -hmm. instead of mindlessly being puppeteered by the people who have the money, which is so significant to Phoebus's character. Yes. That which, Eh. You know, Phoebus isn't that big a character, but he is a character. He's not it's, that it's big a character. And also the fact that, like Quasimodo, he is known as Meralda for a total of... 11 seconds. Ten, yeah, I was going to say 10 seconds. But yeah, exactly. And the fact that she already has this influence on it. But considering that he has already made this significant of a change in his own belief system... Mm-hmm. is very significant. Consider it my highest honor that I am standing up for what I believe in, and yes. in this case, is not to condone a literal witch hunt yes. on this woman who has done nothing wrong. Yes. So Frollo goes to, like, kill him. Yes. Yes. And Esmeralda pops out, and she's like, no. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like Esmeralda the platypus <laughs> so Frollo Frollo stabs Phoebus but he frames Esmeralda for it which by the way in the book Frollo commission- we are not talking about I'm the sorry, book briefly Frollo this is wild though Frollo commissions Phoebus to, to paint have- a pretty picture to have sex with Esmeralda so that Frollo can watch. That's the Mayhem. first part. That's the first part. There's voyeurism involved. The second part is while they are in the act, Frollo comes up behind. No, Phoebus. ma'am. You don't. This is not where that's going. Okay. Stabs him in the back. Sure. Not like that. Stabs him in the back and then says. Esmeralda, how could you have done this? I can't believe this. I can't believe you've done this. I can't believe you've done this. (laughs) And blames Esmeralda for stabbing Frollo, which is what precipitates the entire events of leading into Act 2. Like water. Of of hunting Esmeralda because she has injured the captain of the guard. Even though Frollo was the one... Who stabbed him. Yeah. Wild. It's crazy. So... He literally backstabs him. He gets stabbed. Frollo is laying down. This is very important. He's laying down on a cot, and he's like, maybe I'll live, maybe I won't. And everybody's like, hunt down the gypsy Esmeralda. These flames of in the night. And fucking Phoebus is laying down, and he's like, duh! He's just, like, belting while laying down. He says... What have I done for Esmeralda? Why ha- why did I hear her words inside my head? Which is a valid, very valid question. Yes. What what did he do mm. to hear Esmeralda's words inside his head? I don't know. So they're all like, we got to fucking find this woman. Yes. And they're like... And down the gypsy and the soldier. Yes. And they're like, 
Bells of Notre Dame. Yeah, and they go back to the motif again. Intermission. Jeez Louise. Two hours. We're doing great. And we're back. We've had our wine. At dose. Went to the bathroom. Part two. Cubed. Or is it squared? Squared. Squared. Cubed. At two. Part dose. Cubed. I'm lost. Am I? The little two ampersand? Not ampersand. Squared. The two is squared. What do I keep saying? Three is cubed. What do I keep saying? I don't know anymore. Anyway. Go on. We're in act two. <laughs> we have had intermission. <clears throat> we have had ample time to reflect on what religion means to us and what it means to a Disney character. Which is such an important question. What it means to a Disney character. And what it means <laughs> to a Disney character. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> I'm just lying awake at night. What does Quasimodo believe? Like, <laughs> whatever what is, Frollo tells him to. What is his theology? Like, theology. Okay, so Quasimodo says, "I'm, I'm afraid. I'm fucking skipping this." So, flight into Egypt gets panned because it's the worst. Objectively, it's the worst song in the whole Wait, playbook. I totally fucking forgot something. What? Let's go back real quick <laughs> to the top of the world. To the top of the world. Anyway. She gives him a little bracelet. Yes. And she goes, when, you, map. Hold, when you hold this in your hand. It's a map. It's a map. It's when a you, map. What does she say? When you hold this in your hand. You hold the city in your hand. Okay. She we'll runs get, hand with hand. Kanye? <laughs> we'll get back to this. So, <laughs> act two. Act two. Shut up. So, Quasimodo says... Quasimodo says, I'm afraid for Esmeralda. I would like to try to help her, but I was told I to stay here. Thing. I got this thing at three, yeah, and I don't know if I can really, move it around. Yeah. So, Hulu. Um, so, they say, hey, shut up. They say, hey, you can do anything you want to. And one of the stained glass pictures fucking talks to him. I really don't like that moment. Yeah. Um. But everybody's like, hey, it's okay. Just think about the story that Frollo keeps telling you about basically the innkeeper protecting Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Yep. And so he's like, I can do that, and I can be the innkeeper, and I can protect Esmeralda from the rest of the world. (sighs) Sir, you just met her. I have a lot of problems with Cosimodo and the stage version. He's simping over a woman he doesn't know. But also... She was nice to him. Once. No, 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 not even that. Theater. I, I just the this the stage as time. That's a long conversation. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet is the same problem. In three days, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Like maybe at least see if he's actually dead before yeah. you kill yourself. Well, you're right, but. Also, to put your but to put yourself in, in Quasi's shoes, the power of voyeurism and the sci the psychosis that goes into inserting yourself into the lives of citizens who traverse the streets every day normally without having to worry about certain elements of judgment that accompany having a giant hunchback is very tempting. And so for Quasimodo to think, I am in love with Esmeralda. This is what love is. You just met her. 
But he doesn't know what love is. He has one experience with love. And then it's how familial. can he say what love is? Exactly. He doesn't know. That's the whole point of him being an incel. Okay. So basically, he's like, I have to go find Esmeralda. How am I going to do this? Yes. And all the fucking inanimate objects around him, like it's fucking Beauty and the Beast. War- I was going to say, I was going to have a wardrobe <laughs> who sings soprano. Audrey McDonald didn't do anything wrong, and I'll fight you. <laughs> I will fight you. Do you understand me? Audrey McDonald made that movie. <laughs> So, Audrey McDonald has never done a wrong thing in her <laughs> life. And she jumps into a fountain, and it's great. What? That's the wardrobe. Okay. So, they go, look at the amulet you, she gave you. That's yeah. not the notes. You're smart, you're smart, you're smart. That's what the whole song is. And he goes, oh. He goes, it's, I am smart. No, sorry. It's a map. It is a map. It's a map. It's a map. It's a map. And it's so, they go, congrats. You're you right. You did it. Okay, so... You've done it again, Quasimodo. You've done it again. Proven time and again. Okay, so someone... Someone... Oh, fuck. He goes, I'll save her, and she'll she'll love me so much, she'll be somewhat like a bride to me. A little like a bride. Why do men... Because he's like, I am going to save her, therefore I'm entitled to everything. Oof. Oof, and I cannot stress this major, enough. Bugoof. Major incel energy. I, I cannot stress that enough that both Quasi and Frollo are incredibly incelious in this play. Okay, so Esmeralda is back with Phoebus. Yes, Dylan? I like the word incelious. <laughs> I like... Will's cool. He's pretty cool. <laughs> so, okay, so Esmeralda is back with Phoebus. And for, oh, she brings Phoebus to the clock tower mm-hmm. or the, the bell tower. <laughs> to Notre Dame. <laughs> yes. And she goes, you have to protect him. She said, check this shit out. It I have rings. A, I have a body. It bongs. It's bang crazy. <laughs> Be, wait, for all my gays out there, Bing Bong sang song. You'll understand what I mean. Wish I understood. Well, you don't. So, she so goes, can you, can you? watch him and make sure he doesn't die. She goes, I'm going to the Court of Miracles. Oh, no, this is where she gives... She has given him a bracelet because they just sang about the bracelet. Beforehand, yeah. Okay, here's my problem. Here's my issue with the whole bracelet thing. Okay. Don't beat around the bush with a fucking rhyme. Tell me it's a map of the city. When you hold this in your hand, you fell. Tell me it's a map. What if she is afraid of Frollo tersing that information? I don't give a fucking flying shit about that. Don't beat. I don't. I'm answering your question, and you don't like the information. It is a legitimate concern. Not to me. That Esmeralda is giving away the secret location of her people. Don't care. Whom the leader of the church is actively trying to exterminate. I understand. Tell me it's a map. (laughs) Tell me it's a map. I'm just saying, I understand that she was being kind of obtuse about it. It doesn't have to... No. Okay. Tell me... This is my (laughs) podcast, and I'm demanding you tell me it's a map. (laughs) I don't... (laughs) It's a map. It's a map! It's a map from the city of... From above... It's a map on the end. Like, the bells ring out because it's an echo, and it's a very cute effect, and okay. good job, Alan Menken. Quasimodo, Quasimodo tries to help Phoebus, 
But Frollo comes. Oh, and he has to hide Phoebus. Yes. I'm remembering this. From the bootleg I watched. Okay. It's wild because Frollo's the one that stabbed Phoebus in the book. And Frollo's <laughs> like, if you, oh, Frollo's like, do you know where Esmeralda is? And for, Quasimodo's like, no. I'm asking for a friend. And, and, do you know where Esmeralda is? And Frollo goes, please. Yeah. And he goes, if you can help, please do. And for the first time in his life, Quasimodo lies to Frollo. He does. He goes, I don't know where she is. And he goes, okay. And he goes, you know, sometimes emotional manipulation, gaslighting, a third example. I get nervous on airplanes. <laughs> sometimes I get nervous it was the, on airplanes. the delivery of sometimes. He goes, sometimes I think of you as my son. Only sometimes, though. Ma'am. That, you know, you know that that was a card you've been waiting to play for a while. Yeah. Okay. And, he, and oh, 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 and a guard. Oh, Riley's oh. <laughs> also not sponsored, sorry. But play someone sponsored. <laughs> so, so, a guard comes up through the floor and he goes, hey, we found the... <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's what he does. You have to climb through the floor to get to Quasimodo's house. <laughs> Imagining him phasing through the floor. Like hey, vision. Yeah. Hey, what's up? <laughs> hey. hey. So he goes, hey, we found the Court of Miracles. Yeah. And he goes, that was easy. To the Court of Miracles. Scene change. And they go to find her with the map. Okay. So the court, so they go. Phoebus and Quasimodo together go to the Court of Miracles. They do. And they get captured by Clopin, Clopin and his followers. Yeah. And they're like, hey, welcome. You're going to die yeah. because up? you have found our secret location. You cannot know where this is. Which, to reinforce again... I will not have it. The fact that Esmeralda Dylan, said, you hold the out. city in your hands, you can't know what I'm explicitly stating right now. Because <laughs> this would be really you bad. Hold, you hold the... No, I'm kidding. I was just uh, kidding. Oh, okay. She, she's basically like, you hold the city in your hands. You know what I mean? This would be really compromising to me and my people, if you know what I mean. So she goes, he goes, okay, we're leaving. Okay. So the Court of Miracles goes, hey, we're going to hang you. Do you have any last words? And he goes, that's what I thought. I think it's funnier with the movie line where he goes, that's yeah. what they all say. That's what they all say. <laughs> Which I think is a lot funnier than... Yeah, I thought not. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... I agree. Which, by the way, another change from the movie, uh, we have a method for spies and intruders not terribly different from bees in a hive. I like that, but he, in the movie he says it's uh, something about... Um, I think he says wasps, which wasps. W-A-S-P? Yes, not white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, which is relevant. Oh, no, that's what I thought the point you were trying to make. Maybe. Maybe it's a pun. But I think just biologically, wasps are way more aggressive than bees. Bees will not go out of their way to sting you and protect what's theirs. They're like, Hey, shit, you know... I only got one shot. I'm just trying to fucking get honey for the queen. Yeah, exactly. I only got one shot. Wasps are just like, 
Fuck you, I got infinite stings. Let's fucking go, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so they're about to be hanged. And Esmeralda saves them. And everybody's like, hey, we gotta go. Yeah. We gotta, like, actually leave. Romanese again must roam. I love that line. So Phoebus asks Esmeralda to stay. And she's like, I don't know if I can do that. And he's like, in a place of miracles. I see. Okay. Have you ever seen, you've seen Pocahontas. Mm -hmm. Have you seen the extended deluxe version of Pocahontas where they sing, if I never knew you? If I never knew you. I just know that as the credit song. Okay. Watch. Watch the extended fucking thing of I, Pocahontas. I saw that they cut that because it lost the interest of children. It was the, it's a good fucking song. And I know it on the piano. And I, I agree with stand you. beside it. This is basically the hunchback version of If I Never Knew You. Okay. That's all I'm trying to get at. I'm saying someday is... Wait, is this someday? No. Are you going This to- is Place of Miracles. Okay. Someday, In a place of miracles. Someday is the If I Never Knew You. We'll go back to that though, because someday was never included. But I do love this song in a place. It's of so fucking pretty, and so Romanese again must roam. I love that line. So okay, she Quasimodo sees that she that her and uh, I'm sorry, Quasimodo sees that Phoebus and Esmeralda have feelings they're, for each other. Yeah, and that she does not have feelings for Quasimodo. And he has a whole fucking moment about it. He's he like, I guess I'm just made of stone over here, yeah. just like everything else in my mm. life. Holds no place for heaven's light. Yes. I knew Which, my face wouldn't. That line is heartbreaking. That that holds no place in heaven's light. Yes. But also, it's a moment of growth. Yeah. For him. Because he's what, 16, 17? She, he and Esmeralda are the same age. Esmeralda's also 16. Yes. Like, they're kids. Yes. And rejection is an integral part to growing up and recognizing <sighs> you're not the protagonist <gasps> of your life. Stop it. <laughs> and shit, man. You know, like, you have to recognize that sooner or later. Enough of you. I will Big not on. be. <laughs> I will not be spoken down to by the likes of you. Can but we yeah. go back to what the, we were doing? The in a place of miracles, using the motif of rhythm of the tambourine as the general motif of Esmeralda. Yeah, is part identity, part you you move on from what you believe in and gain new perspectives. Well, I'm, it's the someday. Yes. It's the someday, and she epitomizes that theme of someday, which yes. we'll get to in the next song. Well, and Quasimodo is sitting there. He's like, where's my place of miracles? The In a place of miracles. Yeah. It's so good. It is so good. It's such a pretty song. It's it's beautiful. Um, okay, so Frollo busts in out of nowhere. He busts. Busts it open. And so, don't be gross. And so, <laughs> he followed Quasimodo there, and he's like, you thought we knew? So, sup? He goes, oh, you thought, you thought this unnamed guard knew? Bish. Okay. And so, 
Clopon escapes. <laughs> so Romanese again must roam. Okay. Justice in Paris. Oh, this is a whole other song. Okay. They say, okay, so they capture all the gypsies. Except for Clopin. And they're like, Justice in Paris was often displayed in the square of Notre Dame. Now, as the wood for a pyre was laid in the square of Notre Dame, there came some there who sought entertainment and some who wished all gypsies harm. For the rumor was growing a gypsy was going to burn. Burn at Notre Dame. True. Yes, we skipped like two words in that song. It's okay. It's okay. I wasn't reading along. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. They're ready for their short song. They're here for blood. They're Which, here for by blood. the way, thinking back to the fact that executions were just public entertainment, mm-hmm. wild. That's fun. Fun to think about. History is fun. Anyway, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to reiterate. <laughs> I'm going to reiterate our trigger warning from earlier for sexual assault because this is the scene that we're specifically talking about now. So skip like, I don't know, two minutes if you want to. Uh, we also mentioned this earlier in the play, but... I did, yeah. I said reiterate. Uh, no, 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 but I also mentioned like without a trigger warning. I just Oh, gotcha, gotcha. It. Okay, so Esmeralda's in jail and Frollo visits her and he wants to let her go on one condition. He has her scarf and he's like, hey, come with me. And be mine. And, and she goes, be. I fucking would rather die. Yeah. She spits in Literally his face. Literally says, I'd rather die. And then spits in his face. Yeah. Yes, you're right. And he goes, why me? Which I love that there is a musical sting for her spitting in his face. Yes. Great. And she goes, great addition. She goes, why me? And he says, I don't know. We are, oh, we are drawn to what repels us. Yes. Ma'am. And I take pity. Oh, he goes, take pity because I love you. Mm-hmm. Sir, ma'am, miss, sir. No, you don't. And he goes, Frollo literally has, oh my gosh. He literally has a, I can change you moment. He has a fix you complex. Yes. And then he tries to sexually assault her in her, her jail cell. Yeah. And she fights him back. Rightfully so. Yes. Um, And that's all we're going to say about that. Uh, so fix you to fucks you. <sighs> Fuck. So he's like, "You're, I'm gonna burn you at the stake tomorrow." Yeah. Peace out, a town down. <laughs> and Frollo allows Esmeralda and Phoebus some last words uh, with each other. And Phoebus, a man in all capitals. There it is. A man, a man encourages her to save herself by giving herself to Phoebus or Frollo. Frollo, yeah. And that's all I have to say about it. Well, no. Why do you think Phoebus offers that advice? Because he loves her. No. Why? Because he's a a member of the military. Okay. He has offered his life to others his entire fucking career. That's all he knows. He's saying if you go fuck Frollo, you get to live. Yeah. Okay. Because... That has been his quid pro quo existence his entire fucking life. Selling his body to... Selling his body to the highest bidder. It makes sense psychologically for, for Phoebus. I'm not saying it's right. It's it's dreadfully wrong. But for Phoebus, that's all he knows. 
and it's a flaw in his character. Yes. I'm not. I'm not just. No, I know. It. I know. It I is know. a flaw in his because he, that's all he understands. I just and he's saying, "Do what you can do to survive," because that's all I've been able to do. Because I'm hanging on by fucking Adam's thread as it fucking is. I get it. I just don't. I get it. I don't like it. I disagree too. But no, that's I know. All he knows. Anyway, she says no. She says no because she has standards. Yes, ma'am. Good for her. Not Frollo. No. Anyone but Frollo. <laughs> Frollo said on his day off, yeah, sure, I'll clock in. <laughs> I don't fucking care. And so they say, we. They, she says, we have to say goodbye to each other. Yeah. And his old guard friend is like, I'll give you till morning. Yeah. And they sing Someday. Yes, which is one of... If not my favorite song. You can talk about someday because I always skip it. Okay. <laughs> it's similar to, to God Help the Outcast. Yeah, for you. basically. Damn. I okay. Know. To go back to what I, I was skip saying. I all the good ones. To go back to what I was saying earlier in the musical. Someday is the main musical motif of this entire show. It promises what we can become. If... We just stopped being shitty, stopped holding on to our prejudices, and no. <laughs> just thought about someone other than ourselves. Yes, but when does man do that? That's the point. Someday... <laughs> Yell at me again. <laughs> someday man and humankind may I, do that. Yes. May do that. If it is a concentrated effort, because we cannot actively choose that, because we are so constantly wrapped up in, in our own self-interest, in our own conflicts, in our own projections, in our own self-interests that prevent us from thinking about God helping the outcasts. Yes. And God help the outcasts and someday are so inextricably connected between the two of them, for Esmeralda and Phoebus to share... Shut the fuck up. No, go For ahead. Esmeralda and Phoebus to share a duet that, yes. that, that replicates the same thematic undertones as God Help the Outcasts yes. that Someday does. Maybe someday we won't be as shitty as we are today. Yes. 200 years later, we're still not there. Maybe someday we'll fucking get there. Fingers crossed. And so someday. So someday. Um, happens. They kiss. Yeah. They kiss. Okay. While the city slumbered happens. It's a song, basically, we're just transitioning over to Quasimodo. Basically, we're just transitioning. Sure, it's not just a major thematic component of the entire musical. Go ahead, we're just transitioning. <laughs> I've had enough of you. <laughs> Dylan, write down that we're not going to have Will back. Quasimodo. He's in his room. He's in his clock tower. He's in his clock tower. He's in his room. He's in the thing. He's in the bell tower. He's in the, He's in the bell tower. It's not a clock. He's in the bell tower. Which acts as a clock. Yes. For the city. It does. It dongs. Ding, dang, sing, song. Okay, so this is a gay thing. So... Okay, anyway, they're like, Quasimodo, you have to go fucking help each other. You have to go help. 
And he goes, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and they're like, you're the only one who he can said, help nah. her. And he's like, you know what? What happens when I try to help? Excuse me? I only make things work. I only make things worse. Which is heartbreaking. Because... But true. Not true! He went outside, and he, he ruined the Feast of F- F- Fools. For and himself! And he went to the Court of Miracles, and he led Frollo straight to them. Oh. Huh? You're right about that. Yes. The yes, first, I am. The first one, though... The first one, though... He only ruined for himself, and Frollo guilted him into thinking that he was ruining it for him. And and that's Quasimodo's entire personality, is that he is not allowed to have his own feelings. Why else do you think he would be an incel? Why else? I mean, I'm using that word very liberally, but he he is very socially inept. In the yes, sense, because he knows he, one person exactly, and, two now, yeah. three Which, if you count the person <laughs> who came to him stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> but like the fact that he is unable to even make a connection with anyone, yeah, outside of some kind of guilt, shows that he is always concerned about his own effect on others. And so when when he he uses this line that he only makes things worse is his own insecurities being projected onto how he could actually provide a meaningful impact upon the city of Paris and the marginalized community within it. Yes. The statues are talking to him. The statues are talking to him. And they're like, Quasimodo, you have to go help. And he's like, no. I'm not going to. And they're like, but this is what you think. And they're, he's like, what the fuck do you know about what you I think? You don't know shit. You're literally a projection I, of my yeah, imagination. <laughs> you only think what I allow you to think. Literally. Yeah. Literally. It's like it's like Gusto and Ratatouille. He's like, I didn't know he was my right. nephew. Like, I only know as much as you know. Yeah. There should be a sequel called Ratatouille. I saw that tweet as well. Wow. Oh, you're I'm, fake. You're fucking fake. Wow. I'm also on Twitter. And so... That's way better than what I was going to say. What did you, what, <laughs> no, that's the tweet. It was like, so there should be a sequel called... And they're like, yeah, Ratatouille. And I was like, oh, no, I was going to say Ratatouille too. That's way better than what I was going <laughs> to say. Okay. So they're like, all right. He's like, fucking leave me alone. You're nothing. You're, oh, anyway, you're about... You're a bell. You're a fucking gargoyle. From Beauty and you're the Beast. Fucking, you're a fucking plank of wood. <laughs> I'm... You're a bench. Leave me alone. Would you call me? Exactly. <laughs> and he goes, And now I'm on my own. Never again to wonder what's out there. Let oh, it remain unknown. And my one... He, he only has one eye. Will never more be dry. Until the day... I die. Oh my gosh. Hold on. I can do this. Hold on. I can do this. He goes, as if I. That's like an octave down. We're made of stone. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, you know what? Oh, fuck everybody. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess. Because in the, well, okay. So referring to the one eye, like in the mus- in the movie, his like, 
physical deformity mm-hmm. is is covering more than half of his eye. I imagine that like realistically what Hugo intended was this is what elephantitis of like the entire body. Yes. And so there's there's just more skin than so, yeah. Cut to... Cut to... The 13-minute fucking finale of this show. Yeah, it's whatever. Which, by the way, is... We didn't talk about the uh, the interim. The... Bum, 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 bum. The... Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas? I knew you were going to say dun, that. Dun, dun, it dun, is very dun, Danny Elfman. Dun, dun, the... Uh, <sighs> the Interact. On track. Entract, yeah. Yes. The Entract, it it foreshadows the uh Finale. this this very moment. Bump, 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 bump. It's cause it's it's quick, it's staccato, it's minor, it's very foreboding. And uh you got a lot it's, of twigs. It's a foreboding moment. Staccato. My, my sophomore <laughs> my sophomore English teacher would have my head if I just used foreboding as a noun. So sorry, Miss Ramsey. Um, again, another a diehard fan of my podcast. Yeah. Okay, so this is what happened. We're gonna we have to rush through this. So they have Esmeralda. They do, and he's like, just fucking recant your sinful ways, and I will release you because I am a good just man. And she spits in his face again, and I'm like, do it, do it. So, um. So he's like, you know what? Fine. I am going to burn you. Um, So, and at that moment, Quasimodo decided he could no longer remain stone. And so he grabs his Merelda as she's being burned. And he drags her into Notre Dame. And he's like, sanctuary! The famous moment. Everyone knows that. Okay, so Frollo says fucking burst down the doors and they're like he's claimed sanctuary he's like I'm the archdeacon of this church I negate the laws of sanctuary mm-hmm. bust down duh duh da duh doors and so and people just they warp into existence <laughs> fuck a battering duh, ram police yes they're just like whoop we have a battering ram now Boof. so as the soldiers try to bust down the doors Quasimodo just you know finds all these rocks doesn't just find, it was foreshadowed earlier, which we explicated as having molten lead. No, that's later. He okay. throws the molten lead later. Okay. These are stones. These are stones. That he's throwing. He's just <laughs> chucking them. And so Frollo's like, use the stones to break down the doors. Okay, well, okay, sure. So Phoebus says, hey, listen, people of Paris, you can't let this man run your whole life. You have to fight back. And the people of Paris are like, yeah, okay, cool. Lit. Litty tit. And so they start fighting back, but, like, there are already too many people, so, like, they don't really get anywhere with that. Um, Okay, so Quasimodo, oh, is running back and forth trying to find ways to protect Esmeralda, and then he goes to his vat as lava, and he... Pours it over and like burns people to death. He just starts fucking murdering people. Which, by the way, is when he murders Jayon <gasps> in the book. Please, okay. So, oh, so he he drives some people back. He he drives the people back, and he goes to Esmeralda, and he's like, Esmeralda, I've done it. We can be friends now. We can live here on the top of the 
we remember can, that? Remember yes. that song? And he's like, we're home. And she's like, home? And she's like, here we are on the top of the world. And then she, yeah. she, then she dies. Yeah. From smoke inhalation. Because she was on a fucking pyre. She was on a pyre, yeah. Yeah. So, and she's like, you're, first of all, first you're of all. Such a good friend. Friend. Quasimodo. <laughs> and he's like, friend? Yeah. Friend? And then she dies. And then she dies. Oh, friend zoned by till the end. So rough. And then Frollo comes in and he's like, "Is she dead?" And he's like, "Yes, because of you." And he's like, "We can finally be free. You don't understand. Um, We can. We can go back to the things way things were." And he's like, "Remember when I said that I was strong?" (gasps) Yes, and he literally picks (laughs) Frollo up. And throws him off of Notre Dame while Frollo yells, Damnation. Damnation. Trying to curse Fro- uh, Quasimodo yeah. with his last breath. Yeah. I'm kind of here for it. The pettiness of white men. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so, okay. So he throws them. Yes. Okay. So the congregation. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's what happens. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Quasimodo dies. He does. Holding Esmeralda. So this is an epilogue in the book. Yes. He he travels to where Esmeralda is buried and clutches her dead body. That's creepy. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to point that out. And they are then hundreds, like, years later. Maybe Mm -hmm. not hundreds, but they are then, what is it, interred? Yes. Moved. Taken out. Yes. And when their bones are moved, it is shown that a hunched-backed person is clutching this other person's bones. Both of their bones dissolve into dust when they are moved. Yes. Which, human condition, dust to dust, ashes to ashes... Like, that that's what we return to kind of thing. Kind of nihilism in a way. But also, that is the only anchor that Quasimodo had. Outside of Frollo. of Frollo. Yes. His one gaslighting uncle. Oof. Who, up until most of the shit that happened in Quasimodo's life, was right horribly, horrifically, was right. Mm. And that's what he says in uh, Made of Stone that I, yes. I skipped over. He's like, hey, the the words that he, that Frollo said yeah, to me, they, they may have right. been cruel, but he was right. But he was right. Unlike you bells who just tell me what I want to hear. Because you're me. Because, yeah. Yeah. But in that moment, what else does he have? Nothing. He... He has himself. He, he just has himself, which is the projection that he has upon the bells, and he has Frollo's word, which happens to be what is reflected in the perceptions of literally everyone else outside of him and Frollo. Period. And that's the only societal truth that matters to him. And And so for the fact that he clutches Esmeralda 
and dies there canonically in the book. It doesn't happen in the in the musical, but yeah, that he he dies there clutching her her dead body, and that they're disinterred, and that both of the the bodies dissolve into dust. Nothing means anything. Is is that that we all return to that self same? Nothing darkness. is real and nothing matters. Yeah, exactly. And on that note, that's a very dark ending. To yes, Cloven comes out and he's like, "Morning in Paris, a new day appears." Which, by the way, the pun of morning in yes. Paris. Oh, I fucking love it. Morning in Paris. I don't think it's a pun. I think it's just a double entendre. You're right. Yeah. 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 I don't think he's being cheeky. I think he's just like, hey, we're all fucking sad that like a lot of our friends died. Mm -hmm. He's like, and we wish we could leave you a moral, like a trinket you hold in your palm. But here is a riddle to guess if you can sing the bells. Bells of Notre Dame. What makes a monster and what makes a man? Oh my gosh, it's so good. And then this is kind of when they start doing bells because Quasimodo, Esmeralda, and Frollo come out and they all sing the bells of Notre Dame. So yeah, it's this beautiful moment of like, yeah, we like had a nice show. It's... There is no moral, but the moral is don't fucking judge people. Don't judge people. Don't do that. Live your life. Hey. Thank you, Bonche. Shut the fuck (laughs) up. (laughs) Shut up. Okay. I I cannot believe that you just... (laughs) Okay, so... That's Bows. They bow. Everybody claps. Everybody goes home. Everybody goes home. Every clap ends. Learn a little bit about themselves. Yeah. About how they judge people. What do they believe? What do I believe? Yeah. You'll never, I'll never tell. I'll never tell. <laughs> the other shoe has dropped. Will. Yes. Did you have fun? I had a lot of fun. <gasps> I have to tell you a story that I've been waiting to tell you this entire time. And this is a story for everybody else, too. Okay. I wrote this down, so I wouldn't forget it. And I almost forgot it, but I'm glad I wrote it down. Okay. So, in the movie... This is a movie, and Daniel, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry because you're about to get mad. Okay, so when I watched this movie with Daniel, I don't think I'd ever really watched it. I think I remember, I don't remember watching it as a kid, so I watched it with my ex at the time, Daniel. Yeah. And at the end, after everything is done, and they're like, three cheers for Quasimodo! And that little girl. such a happy ending. She's, it's such like a... Yeah. Okay. Spielberg moment where it's like, ah, I can see through the uh, the children's gaze is so pure. Okay, wait. Go on. So let's talk about what actually happened when I watched it. So you know that little girl that you're yes. referring to? Yeah. So if y'all have seen the movie, that little girl walks up the steps of Notre Dame and touches his face yeah. and smiles. And he smiles. And Clopin goes, three cheers for Quasimodo. Now here is a riddle to guess if you yeah. can. I full-on fucking sobbed, 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 cried beside myself. And Daniel was like, why are you crying? And I said, because that little blind girl loves Quasimodo for who... Because that blind girl was me. And he goes, what little blind girl? I said, that little blind girl who went up and touched his face. And she goes, 
He goes, she's not blind. And I said, yes, she is. Why else would she have felt his face? And he goes, she... He goes, you mean that little girl who unassisted walked up all the steps of Notre Dame straight to Quasimodo? And I said, yes. It is that a one. Spielberg trope from start to finish that children are able to see into the hearts of people regardless of who they are. And... So I have always put way too much into that moment. I was like, she sees him because she's blind. That happens in Hook. That like, it's we're it's, not talking about her. It's it's the same it's the <laughs> same trope of a child walking up to an adult and being like, "I see you." Don't touch me. I no. <laughs> just just the just feeling of the face and I see you and and the, no, the reading the reading of the soul and it's like, ah oh, yes, I understand who you exactly are and yeah, it, it's just it's just total. Mm. Incredible. Yep. Did you have fun? I had lots of fun. Do you have anything to plug? Um, it's okay to say no. No, I don't. I'm, okay. I'm a grad student. I'm a barista. No one's going to give you money for that. Hey. If, <laughs> Who isn't? If, uh, tip your baristas. There oof, you go. That's yeah. the plug right there. there. Tip your baristas. Okay. But you had fun. I had lots of fun, Nathan. Me too. Well, you'll come back for Anastasia. I will. Okay. Which we uh, foreshadowed in this episode. Yes. Okay, so, and we've already talked about Zuzu, so I don't have to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, that's my um, cat. So, like, like person, comment, subscribe. Like, comment, subscribe. Uh, but also, don't fucking talk to my podcast. No, I'm totally kidding. I love you so much. Um... Like a person who has drunk too much in the end of every show, it's time to black out. Bye-bye.